everybody, and welcome to episode 412 of Vigigame Apocalypse. I'm your host, Michael Raparas, coming to you from the John Bacon Memorial Studio of the Airways. If you want to get in on the studio naming action, it's patreon.com slash laser time. Who else is joining me? Vanish without a trace, Chris Antista. <laughs> and Monster Hunter in Training, Matthew Allen. And special guest... I'm older than your parents, Dan Amrick. <laughs> Maybe. I'm sure that's true Maybe. for some listeners, probably. Dan yeah. Amrick, who has one of the funniest things I've ever recorded on uh, LaserTime, patreon.com slash LaserTime this week. Oh, thank you, Danny. The only thing I, that made me feel older was the meme this week of someone saying, what's burning CDs? And then just that Simpsons <laughs> image of, as was the style at the time. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> It always hey, was a silly. Na- it always was a silly term, and I don't know where it came from exactly. It came from it, it sounding burning? cool. Is it is, is but burning did, is CDs the, with? Is that what the wares from the did? dark web? Actually, we didn't did it, say dark web back then. But did it burn shit into a, a CD? A CDR yeah. is uh, yeah. it's it's yes, yeah, sort of. It changes the die in the CD so that it. Re- deflects the laser a certain way is my understanding so like it's yeah, a they'll... simple procedure involving lasers mm. yes. Yes. yes exactly and uh by the way and this is in a, in a week of debate about physical media have you guys checked your burn cds lately uh, oh, they, they don't do work not... they don't work very long at all <laughs> they, don't, they don't work at all now, i i recently tried to rip a bunch of old burn cds and when I pulled them out of the giant binder that I had them in, like half of them had stuck to the plastic so badly that the entire data layer just chunks of it ripped off. And wow. it's like, well, this is useless now. I can see right through this fucking thing. Oh, great. Mozzie, this too? <laughs> <laughs> I, I honestly, I still have probably about 200 burned CDs or DVDs of like old data backups and I still refer to them, and they're still all okay. I don't know what you guys are doing wow. to get all oxidized I, and I, ripping them off. My my optical discs are fine. Back in my day, mm-hmm. when we burned CDs, we did it with real fire. So, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I have some CDs and DVDs that just don't work at all, despite being kept in immaculate condition. No, I have those two. I mean, like, I, I am surprised that, like, one in maybe eight or nine of my discs is just, like, Need no work no more. Yeah, I I started like I'm gonna take take up this project and convert all my physical media to a local server in my house. And like I think I popped in two discs and like this is not readable. <laughs> this is not readable. This twenty thousand leagues under the sea disc that's been touched twice <laughs> is not readable. No, it just it just happened. So like in a in a week of that segues to the top five we're talking about because in a week of talking yeah. about games disappearing and data preservation. What are we talking about? This is your, this is usually what Michael says. We're talking about games that can't be emulated, more or less. Uh, these these are arcade games that, because of their ridiculous original hardware, either cannot be ripped or emulated, or if they have been, like, there's no way that this approximates the original experience. It's just right. not happening. You're gonna you're gonna play this thing that was originally awesome in arcades with a mouse. You're going to be done with it in 10 minutes. It's going to suck. Uh, you won't have experienced the game at all. I, I, I made yeah. this pitch. I made this pitch when I was lucky enough for my birthday to find a 12-in-1 arcade one-up, referred to as the Unicorn, 
uh, for like $150, which Ooh. has a trackball and a spinner on it. And it's just like, I haven't played Real Deal Centipede in forever, and I pitched it then, and Matt and Michael were not very interested. And the PlayStation News hit, and like, oh, this makes sense in the context of things that, it's, that are difficult to replay. Uh, it's something people might be thinking about a little more, yeah. and not about me trying to play Centipede. <laughs> yeah, you were like, any love for Centipede? And I'm like, trackballs like, no. are a thing. You can totally emulate Centipede. I know. I know, but, we, but even when we're going through this list, you, you you put up like LA Machine Guns, and I'm like, actually, the mod I'm doing on my Star Wars yoke, right. I can play LA Machine Guns, like, in a kind of novelty way that's not exactly like the original. And, and even given... Uh, a lot of gimmicks that have gone through consoles, motion controls, Wii remotes, and VR have kind of approximated a lot of other aspects of arcade. And you can kind of do almost anything. I just, I was trying to think of like, did the Xbox ever have like a single light gun game? Mm, I want to say it did. I, I seem I to remember having a light gun peripheral for Xbox, but I don't yeah, remember. I, just, very I couldn't well. remember. And I, I remember playing Time Crisis 6 on PS. Three, but just the nature of uh, LED screens, you had to set up like a power glove amount of sensors all around your new television, and all our yeah. televisions were bigger, and it was very inconvenient and wonky. It, I, I have to believe that with Connect, Microsoft started to offer some of that type of thing because they finally had a sensor, but I don't remember any of them. I I don't remember any light gun peripheral during my time at OXM either. I don't like, either. And and I was in charge of the peripherals, and I, I, that kind of stuns me. I mean, we were all playing with plastic guitars at the time, so you know that that was right. probably it, what took took our it attention just that, instead. Like, Nintendo and PlayStation had Move and Wii remotes, and Microsoft just had Connect. But it, yeah, right. I don't think I don't know if they had like a pointy peripheral at all. No, I don't think so. But enough pontificating about a pointy peripheral. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, the, I, I assure you, the the games that we're going to talk about have way more esoteric hardware than just a light gun. Like these are things that's like, even, okay, it's possible someone might purpose build something like this, but even then, it's it's not going to be quite the same. It's not going to be quite the same. It's not going to be worth it. They, they can be mm -hmm. preserved in some fashion, but like nothing is going to replace your memories of playing it authentically. Yeah, and and then it was just sort of a thesis on like it's a. I'm sure we'll talk about the news, but the uh, the the major bummer that comes from certain games disappearing, air quotes, forever. But like that's always kind of happening in the games industry. They're always yeah, to, to use an overused word from five years ago that I heard in way too many meetings. Um, these are bespoke experiences for, uh, for arcades. Yes. You can only only have them in arcades. Um, but there is a fine line because, like, as we were starting to go down entries, I'm like, well. There's a bunch of like those gimmick arcade experiences mm -hmm. that like that's what arcades pivoted to after like they stopped having real video games. It's like we're not including like ticket machines here, folks, like no. those kind of things. Like these are still technically games. Yeah, and I should say like this is not trying to be any kind of definitive list. I'm sure there's a whole galaxy of arcade experiences that can't be emulated easily. No, but, I think we had to sort of tailor this to our personal experiences because yeah, there's like, so much of this out there. What have we played? What would be fun to talk about? I am happy with the list that we have, and we will dive right into it right after this. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on Patreon.com slash Laser Time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time Network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. Of the many amazing things you've done, you were a child actor? 
I was a child actor. Uh, and I got a couple of, of small uh, commercials here and there. I did a, an ad for Buddy L Toys. Uh, I did Buddy an L? ad for Tab Soda. So I got two kinds of jobs over and over again. I got, oh, it's all the kids are the adults, and he's the chairman of the board. Or you're a kid <laughs> in school. And this was a kid in school where, like, the dumpy, angry teachers come in, and the kids are all rowdy. And, you know, like, today we're going to learn about history. And, you know, of course, she's... She's an overweight woman, and she's no fun. And Set she's your ugly, bubble you tape know, on we... fire, kids. I hate cartoons. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. And we're back to talk about what? Our favorite, our top five favorite unemulatable games. I guess so. Sure. Let's Artisanal bespoke experiences yeah, was... crafted solely for arcades. <laughs> I wasn't even thinking just arcades. I was like, I was like, if you can do this with consoles, bring it. But I just really couldn't. Nobody really made a ton of consoles games to work specifically with one peripheral. They had to work with the controller. Right. Or they were mm-hmm. kind of fucked. Yeah. And. And, Unless and, and, it's Samba de Amigo or Sega Bass it's Fishing, true. which just had, like, there's one controller that works with this. <laughs> Here well, it you is. You could still play Sega Bass Fishing with the regular controller, couldn't you? I, I think you could, but it, it did you have can. that little real controller, which was much more fun to play with. Yes, like, if you If you could get that, why wouldn't you use it? Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, even though all of it together is more expensive than fishing, you yep. go for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't have to deal with any animals that you then need to gut afterwards. So. I, I just, Dan, I, I just bought a, a a premium spinner. Have you spent a ton of time trying to recreate arcade experiences uh, throughout I, your life? I have. I rebuilt my main control panel. I made an alternate control panel with just four-way joysticks for the real pack experience. And uh, also a spinner specifically so that I could play Tempest and uh, and Discs Tron. And then I found out that I can also use the spinner as a steering wheel. So yeah. now I'm going back and playing like Ivan uh, Ivan Stewart's Off Road and Super Sprint and a bunch of games that I honestly didn't expect that I was going to be able to. Because as you pointed out, they were emulated, but they didn't feel right. They weren't fun. Mm. Uh, and now they're kind of like fun. I'm, I've found a, a happy in between. Like pole position, I still suck at. But there's a bunch of other driving games <laughs> that you can actually play with a spinner if you set up the the uh, sensitivity correctly. Yeah, I think I've played Centipede on like XBLA or mobile, but like it doesn't. The control you get with that goddamn trackball, like has, oh yeah, has, you can move yeah. so fast and or so slow very easily. It's amazing. Did you guys ever have a trackball for your PC instead no, of a mouse? No, never. Did you? I did. Like, right when PCs are starting to get big in the mid-90s, I remember, like, my mom reading, like, well, actually, trackballs are better for, like, carpal tunnel and all that stuff. So, like, we had a trackball, and, like, it was fine, but I, I, mean, it like, I wish like I would have used that, it for, like, one centipede of those, on the PC. One of those mice that looks like it has, like, the eye of Sauron sticking oh, yeah. in the center. I saw a bunch of those <laughs> looking up, like, wait, do they still make trackballs? Oh, yes, they do. That one looks like it has a growth. <laughs> yeah, I am still using some of those. Completely honest, because I find that they're really helpful when I'm using laptops on the couch, and yeah. I don't like to use a, uh, a trackpad necessarily. So Me I either. have I've been sitting there doing like World of Warcraft leather farming and stuff like that Holy with shit. one of those big Microsoft IntelliJ or whatever they called them, wow. uh, and I have a little uh, Logitech thumb-based uh, trackball mouse on my main machine next to my keyboard, so that it's all just on the drawer. You know, sure. so that I can do, and again, it's only for things where I don't use it a lot. 
But even I, yeah, I'm I'm still used to it. I and know. the the main I... uh, control panel on my main machine uh, came with a trackball that doubles as a mouse. So I have two arcade buttons as the right and left mouse buttons. And you know when I'm just in system mode, when I'm just in Windows, I use this four inch trackball uh, as a as 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 a mouse. But then you know immediately I go into Marble Madness, and I'm like, well, that's the shit. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, yeah, I, 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 I use that way differently than the arcade. Like in arcades, you would like. Free spin that sucker like versus oh no, at I home. Still it's do like that. You find control oh. with your thumb. You know? I, no way, I, I still do it on the big one. I hate also <laughs> that every time you guys say spinner, the first thing, the, my first mental image is like a twister spinner, rubber band man, like like oh. the, the little thing that you flick and it spins around. And and you're talking about like the hockey puck thing that you turn. Yes. And, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I mean, the only spinners, we only have the fidget variety in the Allen household, Michael. We have the fidget spinners and the rubber band band band. Yes, the endless potentiometer. Like Here on the Nautilus, Chris, we only have the fidget spinners. It's not authentic otherwise. Oh, God. It's getting James Mason. But it's just one of those things. I want to tell the anecdote. Like, I saw a guy, he was selling, we call it the unicorn. I don't know if Dan's seen it, the 12 and one got centipede and major havoc and tempest and uh, all these trackball and spinner games on it and it sold out in 2018 and people are trying to sell them for a thousand dollars dude posted for 500 and i'm like uh i'll give you i'll give you 200 and he's and he's he's like no i'm like i wasn't trying to insult you there's just a new version coming out and i'd have to replace the parts blah 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 and living in a small town on my birthday five months later He's like, no one has asked about this. <laughs> Please get this out of my garage. <laughs> I need to. He's like, no, I need to move tomorrow. Would you? Oh. 150. I'm like, yes. Yes. Drove I over will. there. Yes, I will. Sucker. I was, I was like, I will now be able to emulate all trackball and spinner games. <laughs> and I do a quick search. There's like 23. It's it's so yeah. few games that this giant thing will sit here and approximate. But it was it's a, it's been a really fun project to put together. Makes the difference though. Mm-hmm. But I wonder un- mechanically un- if un- those are are those easier to maintain than than joysticks or harder. I wonder. It, the, the and- thing the thing that they come stock with, like you would need to fucking grease that thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and but if you can get some with like better ball bearings, like Dan may know better than me, he's had them longer, but they require less maintenance unless you're like using them every day. Which I'm not a maniac. I want to play yeah. new games. <laughs> my my main trackball, uh, which might be a hap, I'm not, or no, it's a Betson. Sorry, it's one of the other classic old arcade game parts. Like it still needs to have its ball bearings lubricated, and I've just been too chicken to open it up and mm-hmm. try to do that. I'm just afraid of it. But Jude, my you know Jude Kelly from Palace Swap Ninja, he like rebuilds arcade machines in his sleep. He's got about forty machines in his basement in Boston, and he's like, "Oh yeah, man, it's no problem. You just pop it open and put some new, put some new oil in there. It's fine." You know, I'm like, "What? That, Not I don't Jude do that." Before. Is Jude Jim oh, yeah. Henson? Yeah, like, a little bit. Jude, I, I believe Jude is a muppet, but that's between you and me. Yeah, and all but, yeah, of our uh, listeners. But it was it was just something I wanted to say to people bummed out by the the PlayStation Network news and like. Your favorite games have a way of finding you again later in life, but you just it just requires more work. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of what we traded for digital games to begin with, convenience and speed. I suppose and, so. But uh, and, and so, yeah, you'll find your favorite games again. You will. Yeah. And you, you, you might not, charge for but not again. these. You might not find this one, though. Number five. Right. 
because these these aren't emulated, it's uh, it's difficult to find videos of them to grab sounds from that don't have people playing it. But I I, I feel like those sounds are kind of integral to the experience of which game. I don't know. This is Granny and the Gators. <laughs> okay, oh, we're not. not a, everyone I, knows Granny and the Gators. No, they don't. You chose. They do not. You chose Granny and the Gators over Baby Pack. Yes, we're going to talk about this. And we're I'll tell you. Talk about I'll this. tell you why. Mm-hmm. Number one, because it's weirder. And number two, because <laughs> if you look at places online where you can buy arcade games, Baby Pack mm-hmm. goes for twenty four hundred something, and this goes for almost three thousand. So yeah. uh, it is a bizarre little game about an old lady paddling a kayak down the Nile and other rivers and getting attacked by alligators and people throwing spears. And she's hey. hunting for treasures. <laughs> That's probably another reason this would have been hard to find. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's it's like this. This The only reason that the art on here isn't extremely racist is that these people have blue skin. Yeah, man. They, they really <laughs> no. They're out. Navi. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but but yeah, it's uh, it, it, it you know it came out in like 1983, 1984, and it shows. Um, but what made this interesting? <laughs> <And it> shows. <laughs> yeah. What made this interesting is that it was a combination video game and pinball machine. Like like Baby Pack, which you mentioned, and uh, you would you would play the game using the the flippers to control your paddle on the canoe, and so you have to keep it straight, keep uh, you know get lined up so that you don't aren't constantly crashing into the bank. And then so, there, oh, wait, we'll, so you use, use the flipper controls to control the on screen portion of the game? Yeah. Yes, Whoa, there's no okay. joystick. It's it's buttons mm-hmm. only. Yeah. And so, but then what happens is you there are icons that pop up on screen that say pin. And if you go over to them, then the game pauses and you play the pinball uh, game. And, and it's it's like a small table. You play one ball and when you lose it, then it goes back to the game. But I guess by playing the pinball game, you can get like more ammo or treasure or other things. So it's it's an it's a neat little that's so, that's swapping. So weird, bit. yeah. Because both both Baby Pac-Man, uh, what Baby Pac-Man and Granny and the Gators are Bally's only two video pinball combinations, mm-hmm. hybrids. Right. Uh, there were the, there were a couple the others one. made by other companies, but I yeah right. I think this is the only two that uh, these yeah, are the, wi- the widest. Though, this this one is primarily a video game with pinball segments. Was Baby Pack the opposite, where it's primary? Sorry, this one's primarily a video game. Yeah, with pinball, is Baby Pack like primarily pinball with a few video game segments, or no, are they both? The, the I was just that's what I was getting to. They both treat pinball like the sub bonus round. It is the less. It is the less. It is not the meat of the game. It's where you right. earn your bonuses for the regular part of the game. Yeah. Okay. The pinball is really disappointing in both of these games. Yes. <laughs> but the, I mean, the whole reason that they built them was that the pinball folks looked at the video folks with contempt, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. even within like companies like Bali Midway, they were like, you know, the Williams guys were the pinball games, or the or the Bali guys were the pinball games, and then here's this like ah. And what happened was they realized that just video was was eating all their profits. Like video was taking over in arcades, and so the pinball crews were like, "Well, we got to get in on this. Like, why why don't we try to bridge the gap?" And there's a really fascinating upright pinball machine called Varcon with a K that Williams did in an arcade cabinet. It's a vertical pinball machine. It's super huh. cool, and it shows up most years that we have California Extreme, which is the Bay Area uh, how, uh, collector show. How but fast does the ball roll? Oh, my God. It's 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 a fast game. It <laughs> is a fast game. Uh, but also, yeah, like the... They were just thinking, how do we how do we fight this video menace? If you can't beat them, join them. 
And of course, there was no IP stronger uh, at the time than Baby Pac-Man. But the video portion <laughs> is sort of like a scaled down, lower res, less interesting version of what you know. Ms. Pac-Man had already come out at that point. I, so, I looked at it. It's one of it's one of like five Pac-Man games to come out in like an eighteen month period. Yeah, like it was. Come on, baby, get that golden goose. You know, squeezing out power it was pellets. Pac-Man Plus, Super Pac-Man, Mister and Mrs. Pac-Man, a pinball table, a yeah. full pinball table, and then Junior Pac-Man. But baby, pa- yeah, it, the game itself looks like a. It looks like a bad like Commodore port of a Pac-Man game. Yeah, it's it's there's no really pupils basic. in the ghost eyes. There's no detail in the level. It's very small. Yeah, and then the pinball, I was like, oh, cool, I get to play pinball. And it's it's a very tiny table. I would say that it's about a third of the, the length of a standard pinball machine. So you've got this very squashed pinball table. You've got some drop targets and some, some orbits that you can hit. But yeah, when you go out the bottom, uh, like, out, out lanes of the maze in the Pac-Man game, that immediately kicks it into a one-ball pinball machine, very similar to Granny. And then, you know, you can shoot certain targets to get it back up into the video. I still have a soft spot for Baby Pac-Man just because it's part of the Pac-Man legacy, I think. But Yeah, uh, I, I, spent, know, I spent 20 not years trying to, to, to make sure it wasn't a myth because I saw it one place in Arizona. Like, what right. the fuck is this? And yeah, finally saw it again. It, it's, just, it, it's just the hardest version of Pac-Man there is officially. I don't know about that. I would say Junior Pac-Man is actually hard. And I've been actually working out <clears throat> with Pac-Man Plus, Whoop. which you mentioned, which was the official upgrade kit to Pac-Man like a year or so after like Miss Pac-Man Pac. fever had subsided and they had a mm. vaccine for it. So they were like, <laughs> what else can we do to these old machines that are lying around? And there are all these people doing bootleg upgrade kits. And so Bally was like, all right, we can do our own. And they changed, like, the color of the maze, and they, they added some more random AI. It's it's different than Ms. Pac-Man, but it's faster, and it's actually harder. So I've been like, yeah, I remember this. And it's kind of rare in its original form. Uh, but I've been sort of like, yeah, as an adult Pac-Man player, this is for me. You know, like, this is this is next level. And Baby Pac-Man is, is hard but sad. Like yeah. you, you just like you don't want to get better at it. You do, Junior Pac Man yeah. will kick your ass. It has like six power pellets and a, a horizontally scrolling maze, and it's 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 just brutal. And right. Pac Man Plus baby, is just harder. But then Baby Pac Man is just a bad idea. Baby Baby Pac Man, the, the screen you play on normal Pac Man, there are no power pellets. You go into the pinball table to earn power pellets. That is which correct. is fucking hard. Yeah, uh, you, if you want to get if you want to get points, if you're playing for points, there aren't many. There's no fruit on the board. They're in the pinball table. You have yeah. to go in there to get it. And every time you go in there, it closes it off. You can earn another play in the pinball table. In the pinball table. Yeah, isn't uh, that so fun, kids? We've combined the magic of video with the glory of pinball. And oh god, how come nobody's playing this? I this re- costs so much. I remembered this being at my Chuck E. Cheese when I was little, and. I, I never played it, but I remember it clearly because it was sort of like in this corner, like it's near the ball pit and some of the other mechanical games like the Whack-A-Munch thing. <laughs> and, and it was, for whatever reason, in this very dimly lit corner with like green neon. So it kind of gave it this swampy ambiance. And I remember seeing it and thinking like, that's not a real video game. I don't want to play that. That's Polybius. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it was Polybius. But to be fair, before someone sees at us, technically this has been emulated, but badly. And like, 
those are some midway ass sounds. <laughs> but I cannot believe that this is <laughs> what the game would have sounded like. Uh, it's also like you know you're 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 playing on somebody's painstaking recreation of the table. It's not it's not going to emulate the feel of the actual table, the actual physics. That that is extremely difficult to emulate, even even in a dedicated uh, pinball emulator. But yeah, yeah. that's the Zen guys, mm-hmm. and, and and just it, it and it looks like the, the pinball table that was included with every computer with Windows. <laughs> it kind of <laughs> does, <laughs> kind of does. And, which I played a ton of. I'm not shitting on. I even like video pinball. Yeah, I did too when it was on Apple too. Uh, anyway, oh, boom, <laughs> Jesus, that was like the the oldest slam ever. I know. <laughs> I'm waiting amazing. thirty years to deliver that to me. <laughs> that, was, that puts the F in Channel F. Very good. <laughs> F Channel F U from Fairchild. Yeah, yeah. I always thought the F was for Fairchild. Anyway, let's move along to number four. Yeah, because nobody's nobody's got a crazy taxi like in their house that they no. can drive a taxi. <laughs> it does sound like crazy taxi, doesn't it? I think this came it out does. a bit before, though. This mm-hmm. is this. Well, you know, what? I'll, I'll let the announcer say the title line. gonna get tired. <laughs> yeah, got a soundtrack by Pennywise. Top oh, Skater. Man. Uh and, and Top this skater, was a, yeah. like I remembered seeing this in arcades and like being advertised in EGM like this looks cool as shit. And then like I think I tried it once. I'm like, oh god, this is so hard. <laughs> it was incredibly hard. So the 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 hook here was a movable Joyce are a, a skateboard platform that you would climb up on and mm-hmm. it would unlock so you could slide back and forth. It had railings on either side for your hands so that you could steady yourself. But you were supposed to ollie and then move the board some more to not only get, you know, like up off of a, a half pipe, but then to pull sick tricks. It, I was addicted to trying and failing at this game. Like I never did yeah. well, but I would be like, you know, I, we would see one, and Kat's like, I know you want to go play. I'm like, yeah, I do. You know, like, let's try this. And so I'm like, all right, I'm ready. And I thought I was going to feel so cool every time, and I felt like such a dork because yeah. I could not get it to do anything impressive. Like, just getting an ollie felt like an accomplishment in this game, and that was not going to make your, your coins last. Mm-hmm. It was. It does seem like, uh, by its nature, it is a very little kid's version of what you wanted in a skateboard game. Yeah, man, what if you moved your foot backwards to ollie and, like, You'd probably be less fat, but for right. not. So that's why you're in the arc. Like, that's why we, I wouldn't be here if I could really skate because it's hard and I can't. Well, and, I think and I, some of this has to be put in perspective of what Sega was doing around this time in oh, the yeah. arcades. They had had uh, a fair amount of success with Crazy Taxi, uh, but they also had this sort of real life, uh, real life adventures kind of series of games. I forget what exactly it was called. But uh, Brave Firefighters was one of these mm-hmm. games where it was a, it was basically a shooter, but they were water cannons and they had fire hose controllers. Uh, Jumbo Safari, where you were like, you know, going to get animals in a wow. jeep on safari. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, Typing of the Dead was also from this era as wow. well. Uh, but there were, you know, there were all these sort of like real life adventure games, like you're 
you're exactly where you want to be living the fantasy life that you want to be, whether it, you know, required a giant Jeep or a skateboard controller. So this was really seen as an extension of, oh, what the hell? We put people in a taxi and we let them fight fires and, you know, let's put them on a real skateboard because we can do that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, you have crazy crap like Namco's prop cycle, which is something that I really feel is, you know, that is something that has never come home. That is a hustle, man. That hurts. Never come home. Because I I think, to be fair, the reason why I don't hate Top Skater, because even when I failed at it, like, hey, I played for a minute. Um, I'm not sweating my ass off. Prop cycle, like, can someone yeah. come finish this game for me? Yeah, can I? <laughs> am I allowed court? to stop? You never <laughs> oh. see it. Yeah. It was, it was a so rare hard. arcade game where you would go, does somebody want to get me past this part? You know? <laughs> <laughs> but Top Skater was, was everything I think some of us had dreamed of, and not to get too much into me, but, I mean, that's why I, I, I caped so hard for this. Uh, this game came out, like, the year after we all got our license, and, like, the year... Street Fighter 2 bought, like, another five glorious years for arcades and, like, a big one. Op- like, the Qzar. If you remember the Qzar uh, oh, franchise. Did you guys have yes. a Qzar? No. Yeah, Redwood City was the first place I had a Qzar when I moved here yeah, to California. Okay. Yeah, it was like, it, it, it was back when uh, starting an arcade chain may have been a bad idea, but Qzar said, fuck you, we're going to do it anyway, and we're going to make it two stories and have only literally the biggest, as in giant, hard to carry, <laughs> you can now get them for free arcade games. Damn. And they specialize in that. And I just remember, like, one summer we have our license. We can choose to go to the arcade whenever we want. We have side jobs. We have disposable income. And we walk in, and then there's just, like, a light over Top Skater. We have all, we've decided drinking and smoking pot is better than actual skating. But here in our arcade, we can do both. Uh, it's amazing. <laughs> Ray. This alternate come because true, you man. still need one hand to hang on to the railing. Yeah, and just, like... We failed at it for hours, but it like didn't matter. It was always kind of fun. Nobody ever got hurt on one. Uh, yeah, I have a ton of affection for Top Skater, and it's just like you can emulate it. Yeah, but you wouldn't understand. You'd, you'd the, be, what's the appeal? You'd be playing yeah, it with like, a controller, and it would not be the same. No, yeah, no, no. It's like, there's I, no need. To, no, you can just use the Tony Hawk Ride controller. You know, I, I, oh, I was going to say maybe, maybe somebody has the formula has bothered to figure out how to get one of those things to work with a PC. I'm sure they have, but why would you? No, no, no. I mean, <laughs> well, well especially when to Tony Hawk with. Ride just perfected it, right? Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, yeah. it's perfect. no, that was so. <laughs> no one great. ever needed to make a virtual skateboarding game again because Ride perfected everything. <laughs> <laughs> there's no need. They're done. It's good. It just, but when, but interestingly, like when you look at it being emulated, it's like, what if they chose the theming of Jet Set Radio? And because mm, Top mm. Skater is just like a generic, like looks like it's brought to you by Vans. You're like yeah. you're skating in the world of Crazy Taxi. Yeah, and, 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 and yeah, it's like downhill jam, but uh, you like you're skating down like a long half pipe course and and doing tricks. Mm. And the, you say Crazy Taxi, like yeah, this is basically Crazy Taxi right down to. Be motor mouth announcer. Way to go. Here are your results for your ride. Hey, relax. Your technique is ranked as S-Class, the pro of pro skaters. Well, let's see it again. Backed up by Pennywise's Society. <laughs> I like that he back sells. Yeah. <laughs> or front sells. And this is Pennywise's love- Society coming to you. I love how fast he's trying to cycle kids off that machine. S rank, good, get out of here. And Fuck off. Like, <laughs> Back of the line, kid. Enjoy your Pennywise. I mean, I just have a soft spot in my heart for any arcade game that requires like uh, a, a handles to hold on to at the time. Yeah, it's like I, this and DDR machines. It's like, all right, yeah. this is DDR a dangerous piece of equipment. Some 
alpine skiing things, but I don't know of many games that have that double rail setup where it looks like it looks like you're, you're taking a shit in the handicap stall. Right. But no, baby, it's top skater. No, it, it, <laughs> it looks like it, an elliptical machine at the gym. Like yeah. this could yeah, be does. at gyms, you know. Yeah. It's yeah. almost as if it looks at you, Matt, and says, "This is no game." <laughs> For some reason, in my mind, I think I had I had combined this game with 720 degrees skateboarding from Atari, oh. which did not have the skateboard control. But uh, no, I no. play 720 with a trackball hmm. on Mame, and and it is it is doable. I will say that, but it's also doable with a spinner. So there, are, I mean, that was basically it was an, it was a joystick at an angle, right? It was a rotating right, yeah. joystick at you know at like a forty five degree angle. So Mame, depending on what how much effort you're willing to put into it, Mame can do uh, some of the, the the better sort of esoteric games. But Top Skater is absolutely not one of them. No, no, yeah, there's there's something you can't get. And but I do have to say, I don't know if <laughs> you guys are in as at many arcade classified groups as I am. <laughs> I nope. can't afford most of these things. I did see a baby Pac-Man for fifteen hundred recently. Wow, that's a good which, deal. Which yeah. which makes it like the cheapest pinball anything you'll ever get in your life. <laughs> but the bad news but, is, at the end of the day, you own a baby Pac-Man. That's true. <laughs> that's true. I tried to move one of these recently. Uh, it, the the wheels of the dolly sunk into the dirt. It almost fell on me, and I almost died. I'm like, well, I am not coming anywhere near this hobby again. <laughs> but but but. Uh, I, I'm in a lot of arcade classified groups, and things of this size, people give away constantly. Yeah. And, yeah. and I thought, like, that's crazy. Of course I'll take your Alpine skier. And then I realize I start calling around my friends, and then I realize, oh, yeah, all my friends are 40 with bad backs, and nobody can help me get this. Right. It just stays where it is, and like, and I don't have the room for it anyway. Well, it's it's not even just the 40 and bad back part. It's the cost part. Like, to mm-hmm. get rid of something that big, even yeah. if you wanted to throw it away, mm-hmm. you're paying a couple hundred dollars to get you that shit out. you got to call a junk to service dump. to get yeah. that shit out. So, yeah. like, people list these things all the time for free. 18-wheeler, blobbity-blook, and uh, Alpine Racer's the one, like, dude, we should go to Tampa right now and get this. And, like, yeah, we should. And, like, yeah, this There's, requires a lot of lifting. He said it's in a basement? No, I'm not coming. No, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Well, got to rent a truck, usually. <laughs> like, no thanks. A standard NBA Jam cabinet is 400 pounds. Oh my God. So yeah. your yeah. average arcade game is between 350 and 400 pounds. Now think about Top Skater. Now think about Alpine Skier. <laughs> God help oh you. Think God. about like that Halo four-player shooter thing that you sit down in in David it's Buster's. It's half a ton. <laughs> yeah, you know, like it's 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 not possible. I'm happy to say that in the Bay Area, there I know a lot of arcade collectors from you know working with California Extreme. So these guys all have trucks that are dedicated to this because it's their dedicated hobby. They've got a Tommy lift on the back of a pickup truck or a box truck or whatever. So you know you if you know the right people, you can be like, hey, I need to move a game, and they're like, sure, it's it's Saturday. What else would I be doing? And they don't <laughs> mind. But having a Tommy lift, you know, like a, a a hydraulic lift that pulls it into the 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 back of a large pickup truck. That's really the only way to do it, and even then, you need two or three people, especially for those deluxe models. I'm I'm glad you clarified what a Tommy lift was. I thought it was just sorry. some buff dude named Tommy. He's like, yeah, hey, Tommy, I'm here, hey, I'm here Tommy. to lift the thing. What know? do you need me to lift? Yeah, yeah. sorry, they're I'm called Tommy Gates or Tommy lifts. Uh, you know, because they're like, see me, guy. hear me, touch me, feel me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a pinball wizard. I can pick any of those pinball things up. <laughs> <laughs> But there has to oh. be a twist. <laughs> that, that, the... Come up with a very specific moving company idea. Yeah, he's a good yeah. character. I like this character. Let's workshop Me this too. in the break. 
right. Um, it's probably a good point to move on to. Number three. I mean, he just said the title, but uh, see if any of you can parse that. Did he? He did. I got is, super. Uh-huh. Is, is this the one that Chris has a video of Brett playing? No, it is not. Uh, okay. This okay. is Sonic Blast Man. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, the game where you punch stuff really hard. Yeah, yeah. And for whatever reason, like, my mental image of this for a long time was because there was a Sonic Blast Man game that came out for Super Nintendo way back in the day. Yeah. But it was like a three-quarters belt-scrolling brawler. And uh, so what I imagined was that and and I think it had like these first person punching sequences. So what I imagined like the arcade version was that but like with a big paddle that you punched. And when I finally saw it, no, like this is this heavy duty thing, it like pops up with this this padded rod that you're supposed to put on a boxing glove and punch as hard as you can. And forgot about the glove. And it's yeah. just first person like Various enemies and obstacles will show up in front of you, and you just have to punch them as hard as you can. Uh, it, you, you've got three tries to do it, and yeah, it, it sounds like this. Here's a thug that comes and, and menaces you, like with a mohawk, like a 1980s bruiser guy. <laughs> uh, so, and, and I want to say wow. I edited that significantly. I cut out a lot of pauses and three different tries, but uh, yeah, it's and it's just that it's like just five different levels of that. You punch the bully, you punch the like a building and and bring it down. You punch a giant crab and you punch the moon and you punch a truck. And that's Sonic Glass Man. <laughs> I, I tell you what, if you want to get me to play a graphic or novel or whatever, have that. Not what do you, what do you call those? The interactive visual novel. That, mm-hmm. Visual novels. Thank you. Do this, but do it with One Punch Man. And all I have yeah. to do is is read a bunch of cool stuff and then occasionally punch one time the enemy. I'm in. I, I will yeah. play that game in a heartbeat. That, that well, I think I think there's something there actually. If you want to <laughs> finally conversion kit for my Sonic Blast Man game, thirty years later, <laughs> the one punch. But man. I mean, the, the thing is, all of these machines, when you look at them, you're like, there's no way this thing was ever not being serviced because they're asking people <laughs> to punch this target as yeah. hard as they can. Yeah, and it, it's just I, I remember because we it was once you're if you were a little kid it was really hard to advance in the game because it's literally based on your strength right right like a fucking oh, yeah. carnival game so we uh, there were two of us would run at it at the same time <laughs> trying to hit it at the same time that's and, hilarious that i mean a coordinated attack is the only yes. way to defeat sonic blast man well, like i saw one but of the like, videos like that, i saw of someone playing it was like this this kid who was like he like even though it has a big sign that says you are required to wear the glove at all times like there's a boxing mm-hmm. glove tethered to the machine he just like kept like stepping back to it and like putting both his hands together and just like doing a running axe chop into it (laughs) a a william shatner punch yes yeah (laughs) he just kept doing that over and over again like dude you are abusing this collector's antique what the fuck but but that's that's the thing i I remember doing the hobbit attack like on boromir just like (laughs) (laughs) 
on one it's, machine. It's it's not built to catapult children, <laughs> but it's clearly meant to like push children off. It had that strength to it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this thing was this thing was big, very yeah, yeah, yeah. very big. It, it's it, it looked like it too. was like it's, it's like a bowling, not a bowling lane length all the way, but it's like this big. It's like a long track, you know. That it looks like it's built in like a hollowed out mini zamboni. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, had to. I mean, what I'm saying is, this thing was the rocket rods of arcade machines, like never working, right? Like had to always be. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Deep cut. Like, Thank I, you see, for the, the Disney the, reference. Yes. <laughs> that's what I, I don't. I don't remember is that it was the. It was all anybody could talk about for for like a month. And then got moved out of the main area, and it makes way more sense that this got very broken than this became super unpopular in a month. Yeah, well, maybe- eventually this just became like a lot of bars will still have these test your punching strength things. Mm-hmm. Like all they are is just like that the the, the speed bag like from embarrass your girlfriend thing. without being arrested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're oh, drunk is, and you think it- you're cool. <laughs> try yeah, this. Yeah, try to hit this as hard as you can. Here, try to kick it and really prove how cool you are. It's, it's basically <laughs> just like one of those strongman challenges with the the mallet and the bell. <laughs> right, yes, it's right. an old carnival game. Uh-huh. Yeah, COVID yeah. can't get you. You're the strongest man alive. Yeah. Show everyone at the bar. <laughs> There's no uh, way you can break your hand here. Swing even harder. It's fine. <laughs> this this I don't know when Sonic Blastman came courtesy of Maine, according to our impressions. <laughs> <laughs> all this we are all. Ah, takes all kinds. Takes all kinds. Nancy punch him. Uh, Here here at Pepperidge Farm, we make cookies the old-fashioned way, punching them into the moon. Uh, uh, This got a sequel. I'm not talking about Sonic Blast Man 2 for Super Nintendo. It was called Real Puncher, and it really upped the cartoon violence quotient. Here is the sound of Sonic Blast Man punching a turtle-like, like a Gamera-like kaiju so hard that all of its teeth and claws fall off, and then its shell pops off, and it shrinks and falls into the ocean. You could select your opponents in this one. Yeah, you could in both of them. Uh, yeah, there was a stage. I thought, I thought it was sequential. But yeah, you oh, can I, again. I, I think it's like this time. There's like a pimp-looking dude in a bar. I think who is just like waving money in front of you. I think he's trying to buy your outfit. And uh, then you've you've got another like a what was it like a reckless driver is attacking a woman and it's like another mohawk thug again and like you punch him and then his underling keeps propping him up and god this neighborhood has been overrun by kids from violent storm <laughs> <laughs> see i so thought you were going to say this, the so true sequel to this was punch mania like i would have said yeah. the spiritual yeah. successor well, to i i did grab it like it was neck and neck for this entry this and uh I think it's called Fighting Mania 2 Fist of the North Star, which mm-hmm. is a like a Fist of the North Star arcade game that had these six uh, vertical pads, which is more like what I had originally imagined Sonic Blast Man to be. Have you, had you played it, Matt? Like, is it on I Q? Or, oh, you have? Yeah, I pl- I've played yeah. it. But again, like its uh, predecessor, it was like two of the six pads were broken. Like, oh, it was just like, okay, course. I can't... I, I, I could not finish the... The initial level because it's yeah, just this, like oh yeah this, I can't game, can't hit this part unlike of the game. Sonic Blast Man the nature of how quickly these things pop out it's sort of like 
you don't need to hit every one of these as hard as you can. And I have to imagine it need to be service a little less. Hmm. Because the whole, like, just hit, just tap these like you're working out with a boxing cha- trainer. You're not trying to go for a knockout yeah. punch every time. Because you're going to punch, like, 500 times if you play twice. It's going to hurt. It's, it's like the, the Wii remote when, when, when you finally figure out, like, oh, I don't have to do a full swing. I can just flick my wrist. Yeah, yeah I'm excited. My... my my buddy I talked about who owned this and I played it in San Francisco is moving to Florida. He's moving. If TL and Jose are listening, he'll be in your neck of the woods with this game very soon and we can go play it there. Because it is, it is a ton of fun. And, and my friend, who, that was his exclusive form of exercise. Oh, wow. A, 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 military, a military man who worked out for 40 minutes every day playing this Fist of the North Star game, which was localized to remove like any reference to Fist of, uh, of the North Star while keeping the anime and the characters. Wow. Like, the, the cabinet doesn't connote any of that. It's called Punch Mania. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, yeah, it's it was exhausting. You can see me you can see me playing it on my Instagram. I, I, and, and you can see me playing it, and, and, like, when you play it, you realize, like, oh, yeah, I would lose in a fight. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I'm not good at this at all. No. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been good at this. I mean, I do have a clip of that, if you guys want to hear. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do like that clip because it has the, you know, the classic hundred-handed punch with the da 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 and then the guy, you know, you're already dead, Omaiwa Shinderu, and the guy's head explodes. I, I do want to clarify one thing. So in America, this was called Fighting Mania, Fist of the North Star, but in Japan it was Punch Mania. Really? Uh, Hukuto no Ken, yes. 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 Huh. Wow. Is Hukuto no Ken just the Japanese name for Fist yeah. of the North Star, Michael? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hukuto no Ken. Fucking no Ken here. <laughs> <laughs> no uh, or, or the North Star's fist, because the no functions like an apostrophe S. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Let's move oh. along to... Number two. The lead mech is the Thor V1, 35 feet tall, 83.5 tons, carries two large laser cannons. And enough missiles for the Chinese New Year's. This is not my first barbecue, though. Hey, Thrasher, what's happening here? I don't know! Oh, God, we're bushwhacked! I think kill it for We'll say a prayer for him later. Yeah! All right, way to go, baby! Just like riding a bike. This is from one of several training videos for the Virtual Worlds Battletech Center. I am shocked this isn't no, this isn't number one. I, I think the, the number one we have is a little bit more fun. But this is this is unbelievably unachievable to do in your home. <laughs> but that's the strange thing. People have apparently been doing it or at least, you know, bringing the machines home to service. So Battletech based on the tabletop Battletech slash Mech Warrior game, which then became a series of PC games, which got super popular. And the, the company in charge, FASA, which also made Shadowrun, opened this place in Chicago Ooh. called the Battletech Center, where it's like, we are going to simulate the Mech Warrior experience. We are going to create this game that is, it's just purely a networked combat game. And you will sit in these pods that simulate mech cockpits. And they have like all these complicated controls 
that you can you can either use or you can ignore and play on basic. I I I went there in 1994 to play. I'd been obsessed with BattleTech. I wanted to go for years. That's what I was shocked by. Yeah. I did not think Michael Parras had a video game anecdote I'd never heard. Oh yeah, I, yeah. But, but <laughs> so this is this is in like there's like two places in the world that have these things, and two places in Japan, yeah. and two places here. Yeah, and you you just you went to one of them. I went to the I think the original one in Chicago, and like for some reason I was slightly disappointed just because like I expected it to be like just BattleTech branding everywhere, and it's like. Virtual worlds. All our people dress in lab coats and pretend to be like techs operating interdimensional portals. And all of our training videos have that conceit. But I, I had gone there in 1994. My dad went to see Spain play in the World Cup. And I, not caring about the World Cup, was like, I can go to Chicago and go to the Battletech Center because I'm a huge <laughs> nerd. And I'm actually embarrassed to realize I was 16 at the time and not 14. <laughs> Especially because, like, the, the anecdote I was telling you was the first day we were there, like, I, I spent a couple days there. And, uh, how, do you remember how much things cost? Was this like a, it, a it was like 10 bucks a play. Like, I'd been saving up for this. Wow. Oh, that's pretty cheap. Wow. I, I thought it would be more in like 1994. that. 1994. I thought it would be more like that, those, that bespoke VR thing that I was telling, that I did once that I was telling Chris about, like, where they had, like, that Star Wars experience. Yeah. Like, it, it seems very much like those, like, how much the was void? Uh, the void. It, the void was like thirty-five dollars per person. Yeah, Kat and I did it uh, wow. right before everything went to hell uh, in oh, late man. 2019, and now the void no longer exists. Like the whole chain has unfortunately. Oh, is it, is it gone? Down. The one I yeah, did was in gone, Vegas, gone. and it, it was it was worth thirty-five for sure. It, we we yeah, actually played it twice uh, when we went down to Downtown Disney in because uh, they were running the Star Wars one outside of uh, Disneyland. Did you do the and Ghostbusters one? No, I oh, did not. That's God. a different company. Uh, but I, yeah, but yeah, it, it, like, that's, that's, that was, Battletech was that in yeah, its day, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Well, my, my, my understanding of the Battletech is, is, I mean, people who lived during the mall, you know, 80s, like, probably remember at one point they had those, the simulator storefronts where it's like you would go in and pretend to ride a roller coaster. They still have them in, like, Dave and Buster's and stuff oh, like yeah. that. But, but I remember my local mall in the 80s had one, and it was so weird just to see a fucking flight simulator, like, on a huge mechanical yeah. arm, like, doing its thing, like, in the uh, middle of the mall. Yeah, it's like, 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 like King, Kong, King Kong spin out the front of a monorail. In the, like, <laughs> <laughs> but so, ask people but to climb into I have, it. Was that what it was, Michael? Was huh? it a simulator? It, I mean, it was a simulator, but the cockpits didn't move. But they, uh, they were like these, they, mm. they were, I guess I found out last night they were nicknamed the coffins because what it was, they were, they oh. were these wooden boxes that you'd sit in and then they had canopies that you would shut around you. And so it had this sort of heavy duty feel and like, oh, I'm, it's like I'm really in a cockpit of a mech playing this incredibly janky early nineties 3D game. <laughs> It's this two frame a second yeah. 3D game. It was like it, it, w it wouldn't have been great. Like if you if you tried to play it today, you'd be like, "Oh god, this is awful." But it, at the time, it was amazing. It was all I'd ever wanted, and uh, like I have an unflattering anecdote about myself here, in Ooh. that my dad was playing it with me for a bit, and he was between sessions, and he just suddenly collapsed. He like, "Oh, I have to, I have to lie down," and, and like just lying down on the floor. I didn't know what was going on. Like, I, I thought maybe he was having a heart attack or something. I was kind of panicked. And, like, the, the staff came over and said, sir, are you okay? And, like, all of a sudden there were, like, three or four people clustering around. I'm like, are you okay? He's like, I'm fine, I'm fine. Michael, go keep playing, keep playing. And I did. <laughs> I, 
<laughs> and I'm like, really? Right, I was Dad, 16? You know. I was 16? Uh, oh, my God. Are you winning, son? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and I found out later it was, it was like a abdominal thing that looks similar to a heart attack from the outside, but it's not that. <laughs> <laughs> or or Battletech was just that good. It was <laughs> just that good. Uh, they, this is no game. Yeah, they also had uh, some really fun training videos before this. I guess when when I went, they were on what's known as the the Dooley training videos, in which like the conceit is the Battletech Center is again this interdimensional research thing staffed by scientists. A team of scientists led by Judge Reinhold and Getty Watanabe, <laughs> and they they have this woman named Dooley who's like their their uh, ace agent, and she comes in to give the tutorial video. So that's what you heard early on, and here she is dealing with a client in crisis. Now look at your radar. You're at the center of your own screen. Those nasty looking blips are incoming bogies. Okay, so they're on the screen. How come I don't see them out there? Make a hard right, and you will. You're oversteering. Make smaller movements with the joystick. Oh my god! I, I love why is, this. Why is Horshack like in the, in the scene? Oh my like, Mr. god! Mr. <laughs> they have this like six minute drama that they use to just like, it's the tutorial. And it was really cool, like having never been in an actual flight simulator at the time, like. That was my introduction to like, okay, using like a, a specialized throttle lever with like a flight stick. And, and again, like if I was playing on advanced, I could have used all these cool buttons on screen, but I, I never did. Making it a real steel battle line. I, mm-hmm. I, I'm just so, yeah, I'm so bummed that it wasn't like, I just always imagine it as one of those simulators where like the cockpit is gonna Oops. move like that would have been the true experience yeah. of just like yeah nope. this this mech is walking and this thing is shaking or I don't whatever. I don't think it was motorized and I was I was trying to figure out like wait was it am I misremembering but like looking up maintenance videos and things for the pods which have become <laughs> popular with hobbyists and I think there's a company called Mech Corp that uh, has been buying them up and and uh, restoring them and and you know letting people play but it was it was a really neat experience because like. You know, they they'd make you feel like you were an actual cadet, and then after the uh, each round, they would like you'd come to the front desk and they would hand you this printout, like an after action report of how you did, and like here's all the damage your mech sustained, here's all the damage you dealt. Uh, my call sign was Black Death because I was 16, and I thought that was cool. <laughs> it is, yeah, massively cool. Um, <laughs> before they had the dually trainers. They also had videos, for some reason, that were hosted by Jim Belushi. With each mission assignment, you will receive a shiny, new, huge, massive mech. It's about 40 feet tall, with enough explosives to level a small city like Rockford Mars or Springfield Saturn. Now, it's not like you're fighting some supercomputer. Get that out of your head right away. You're fighting other pilots. They're made of flesh and blood, just like you and me. Yeah, so it was it was all networked. I think you could either play team death matches or uh, free for alls, and uh, it was also not the only game that they had on offer. They also had uh, a, a racing game called Red Planet, which had its own uh, dually tutorial video starring none other than Weird Al. Good evening, Mars, and hello to 
all fellow enslaved workers. I'm Freeman Jack, and uh, until the CMC police track down this transmitter, we're going to televise tonight's race. Race. All right. Is this Bertulli in the middle of a race? To the winning flag, freedom. And to the losers, death. Uh, yeah, it was it was fun. Um, I had no idea. I thought I knew everything about Weird Al. I had no idea that he was Freeman Jack. Yeah, and I I cannot find like looking on IMDb, none of these people list these in their official credits. I wonder why. I can't hmm. imagine. By the way, that is a great username. Uh, if that's available, someone go grab that on Freeman Xbox or Jack. PlayStation. Yeah. Freeman Jack, do yeah. that. <laughs> Freeman Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Or, I mean, Mine if, haven't if been very Jack popular Man during free, the pandemic. You might get but some you DMs. have to move it. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> if you get Jackman free, you might get some unwelcome DMs. <laughs> I also, yeah, I also found oh. a tech-focused news report from the time that posited that this might have actually been the first eSport. Relying on his 10-year background in game development and simulation design, Weissman has created what may be the world's first computer sport. Pinball wizards pitting their skills, not against computer-generated patterns, those can be memorized, but instead against other players who think ahead, learn from their mistakes, and are totally unpredictable. This is Pinball this is one of, my, one of my favorite news pieces on a video game. It's from the Discovery Channel in like 2000. Was it? I thought it was like a Fox affiliate, but yeah. Oh, I, I thought there was one. There was like the well, whatever. This show made the news numerous rounds on the news oh, yeah. because it did seem like what the fuck. This is way more futuristic than anything we'd ever dealt yeah. with. Yeah, and Jordan Weissman, the creator of of Shadowrun and BattleTech, like for some reason, like he's just always had this like good rapport with the press, so he always gets good coverage for this stuff. Like I remember one time I met him at a PAX, and I was just like, I've, I of course was there fanboying out over Shadowrun stuff, you know. But like you know, his studio, he I believe he was with the team they did Crimson Skies. Like he's done yes, some he really was. cool games, you know. So. Yeah, yeah, I, I mean, got to meet him during the Crimson Skies era, and I did the same thing. I fawned all over him. He's extremely charismatic, and you look at his history of all of the stuff that he's built, and you're like, wow, this guy really understands what makes people have fun. Because mm. after he left uh, Crimson Skies, after after he did Crimson Skies, which was a tabletop RPG that he then turned into a, a video franchise with, with Microsoft, uh, he invented WizKids, the little hero clicks. Oh, he did uh, that table. too. Oh, yeah, wow. like so. Like you just look at everything that he does, and it's just like, wow, that's one other good, really interesting idea after another that also happened to be super fun. He's just like, yeah, he's yeah. he's just a really good game designer, less well known than like a Will Wright or something like that. But he's yeah. still like a good, On he's par. a good designer. Yeah. yeah. It this whole experience though, Michael, is reminding me of so many of these similar bespoke arcade things. So like. I just am remembering at the local, well, it's called Magic Mountain in LA, but it's, it's a, it's a Six Flags. They had a flight combat game and the gimmick was you can actually do a full like, uh, loop to loop inside their little cockpit of death or, or whatever. And so it was like dudes losing their lunch all the time from, from just I mean, constantly. I've, I've always wanted to, to see that version of Afterburner that's in Terminator 2 that actually rocks, oh, yeah. but I, I've never, I never saw anything like that near me. I know they exist. Disneyland oh, yeah, had one all... at the, at the Starcade as well. They had one where you could do like a full on loop full or like loop. barrel rolls or whatever, but, um. Well, you, you weren't responding in the chat when I was like, Matt, I didn't go to Disney Quest, did you? I didn't. I didn't go to Disney Quest. So no. they. I, I did. I, I think. Did. <laughs> Yes. Why do you say ashamed? Have to be proud of that, Dan. No, I I'm trying to remember whether I did whether it was Disney was Disney Quest the one that had the Aladdin yes. VR. Yeah, okay, then I did the Aladdin VR thing at Disney Quest uh 
they were more interactive experiences than than games trying to like yeah trying to franchise the parks into like an arcade setting in numerous cities around america Mm -hmm. right it didn't go over very well but you cannot recreate those experiences in any way. No, not at all. And I, yeah, mm. I, 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 I guess I went on my honeymoon in in Walt Disney World because there was a Disney Quest that was nearby. Yeah, and we were like, well, we got you know we got to go. Cat and I are nerds, and you know, and I was at, at the time like, I, I can't wait for virtual reality. It's going to be here any second. This is 1995, mm. you know. So I'm like, oh boy, oh boy, <laughs> virtual reality. So, you know, I was like, well, that was, that was, you know, that was, uh, that was okay. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, I guess I was kind of flying. Uh, I mean, I've played Magic Carpet by EA, but that was kind of, you know, like the, the Aladdin game. That's, that's pretty good too. Uh, how much was that again? Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> that was, that was my I, takeaway. I, I would have told you, like, some future of video games for a while. I think I'm just inspired by the Hollow Deck. I would have thought, like, these kind of storefront type experiences of, like, no, we're yeah. placing you in the middle of a game. Yeah. And then that's what, you know, the promise of VR became, which, okay, you're strapping the game to your face now or something. But, like, these, there's nothing like actually putting your physical body in the middle of these simulation experiences. (laughs) The last one it reminds me of, I did this as a kid. Did you guys ever get to go to a laser tag or a photon center growing up? Well, that was that was what Qzar was for me. Qzar okay. was actually there was an arcade next to it, but yeah, it was a laser tag. Yeah, pavilion. it was a giant laser tag arena. But then it was for us, it was a two story arcade. Right. So, to so it. Photon, which was like off brand laser tag. I don't know if you guys remember that one. I remember. It was just Photon like, it was first. Yeah, slightly Photon different. Photon was first, but the Photon Everybody else stuff, copied them. Photon had all of the like the the video and stuff intros when you went to the centers it was they were like no this is like a simulation like we are training you for combat and it was like a similar deal of BattleTech of like when you came out they like showed you your score and how you did yeah. and, and the whole place was like filled with you know dry ice smoke and shit like that it was dope dude but as, as a little kid yeah overwhelming that, you know they, now that you say that like that's kind of what this was it was like laser tag but with simulator pods yeah there you go And in, in terms of games that can't be emulated I'm astonished by how how many interactive rides there are now at Disney, and I think the new Mario Park will do something mm-hmm. like that as well. well you, like a ride where you will have a score on the way out. I can't stand those things for some reason. Am I crazy? We have at least two diehard Disney fans. Do you, mean, do you mean you just don't like them or your body can't withstand them anymore? No, 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 no. It's not like withstand them. It's just that like you're... At best, you have the report of like a beeping laser to know where you're shooting, but there's like sixteen thousand people firing with you. Like this isn't a real game. Like, do something thrilling or like blow air in my face. Like creating a, a moving shooty gallery with Buzz Lightyear. Like it's fucking boring. It sucks. I hate Toy Story Mania. I hate Buzz Lightyear's Galactic Adventures, and I really don't want to do the Mario Kart thing with the AR or the uh, the AR stuff. It, that looks interesting. I should I should you, hook you guys up with a friend of mine. Uh, I'm really good friends with a guy named David Cobb. He You did and he was awesome and okay, we still talk. Yeah, cuz he's the guy that that sort of the first big interactive game slash dark ride was Men in Black Alien Attack at Universal and he designed that. So you can blame Dave for <laughs> For for that whole subgenre of uh, of I want to be a game, no, I want to be a dark ride. Let's have both. Oh, it doesn't taste good, you know. Then you know, let, let, let you know. Let's get Dave on and, and grill him about it. If uh, what I don't no, like I don't about them, do, I don't want to do that because I know I didn't know he was responding. I knew about the Men in Black thing. It's just that like I like a ride that's a, th- those rides. I think are allowed to putter along and do next to nothing, requiring yeah. me to do a lot of things. Yeah, that, to that's the what ride. I was going to say. What True, I don't like, and about they're all them. really. 
it is basically kids. a dark ride version of you know the shooting gallery in Frontierland, where it's just like, yeah, we're gonna hit yeah. these these infrared targets, and then something might happen. That's all Buzz Lightyear is. And then Toy Story and Mania, they don't even do that. They're just like, we're gonna save on, we're gonna save it all these robot costs and just have a screen that you it's shoot. It's a at. screen. I'm, I'm like insulted. Why is this line so long? <laughs> yeah. This, 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 this the only ride with a with a Wii port. It's the cheapest. It literally has it's a Wii literally port. the cheapest way to do a dark ride because all if you think about it, the car just takes you from room to room where there's movies playing on screens to either side of you, and then you yeah. shoot this. It is what? How and, is that a ride? Yes, they managed to somehow get jim hanks to do the voice i know that's impressive but <laughs> the most impressive thing about the ride is the don rickles potato head robot on the outside and yeah i didn't use its gender just to trigger oh wait <laughs> i know why it's that way it's because Citizen it's in disney's head. california adventure go to patreon.com slash laser time if you want to hear me and chris do an expose <laughs> of how shitty that park has been for so long i do they just opened it in orlando i do have one more thing like one oh, more it. twist with the BattleTech center stuff Uh-oh. oh fuck yeah uh, getting it back to that topic so when I went, the pods were known as the coffins. I think these were like the second generation ones. And I found out that in like these finally started shutting down in the early 2000s. And they had a uh, another generation called the Tesla 2 pods, which looked much more futuristic and rounded. Like they had these like weird bubble canopies that would slide open and shut. And the thing that I found out was, this is the twist, the emulation twist is one of the reasons these will never be emulated is because the home versions got better. So MechWarrior 4 yeah. came out for PCs and was so much better than the Battletech game that they had that the Battletech centers licensed it and created a bespoke version that would work with their pods. <laughs> And so the pods were just like playing the PC version, I think on Pentium 90s. And like the guy was described like, yeah, each, each one of these has, you know, a Pentium 90 inside. And like they, they all connected to a Mac that would act as the server and like, really a Mac. Nice. Well, and wow. then much like Tony Hawk ride, mm-hmm. the formula got perfected with Steel Battalion and we mm-hmm. never needed to leave our house to fully experience yeah. driving a Mac. Love again. the Battle Lion. Mm-hmm. Uh, but <laughs> there, there, there are still two of these hopefully operating when the pandemic is over in Houston and Minnesota. Uh, so I encourage you to check those out because some of these people are like they're doing the, the, the theming things, too, with their employees to like it's what I if, if any of you have been on the Star Wars ride at uh, Disneyland or World, like dressing up uh, cast members as part of the ride. I thought that was brilliant. And that's what this, the Battletech's whole thing is. Yeah. You're part Every yeah. employee is is treating you like you're part of the the ride. It's it's awesome. Yeah, it was great. I loved it. I and and like I, it was kind of sad because like I did go there like all day for one day and like <laughs> starting out in the morning like my dad just dropped me off there. I'm like the only customer there, and so like one of the employees <laughs> just plays against me and lets me win. <laughs> like wow, Black wow. Death, you did really well. Like uh, yeah, I'm <laughs> one of two, and you're sandbagging it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, well. I did go once. I, I went once, and I went with the GamePro crew. And I remember, like, being super excited. And I don't know where it was. Maybe it was in Vegas? I don't I don't really even know where the Battletech centers were. But I remember going to one, and I remember getting, like, the post-game uh, report and doing terrible and feeling terrible about myself because I had <laughs> looked forward to doing it for so long. I'm like, I, I can't believe that I am not up to military snuff <laughs> with <laughs> controls I've never seen in a claustrophobic, you know, closet with a monitor in front of it and not knowing what the hell I'm doing. 
I, I think Johnny Ballgame beat the snot out of me when we played. So, yeah, oh, that, uh, you, all of your stories were far better. Your father's <laughs> near-death experience <laughs> and your complete apathy about it <laughs> was by far. I didn't know what to do. He said, so. keep playing. So I was like, all, all right. That's all what right, he would like, Michael. It's what I, there was a second time I heard that story, but when he said that earlier in the week, my girlfriend came in the other room and asked me what is wrong. Like, <laughs> Michael, Michael just told the silliest story. I don't even know how to describe it, and I did. I kept playing. Can you imagine Michael having to explain if anything did happen to his dad? Well, it's what he said he would. It's what this, this is me expiating a long-held shame. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you, this is you, therapy for me. I do that every did, week, though. by the way. <laughs> Leave people uh, to die. No, my dead father, but like. Uh. Uh, well, we still have one entry to get to, so let's move along to. Uh, there's no no networked anything here. Um, this could probably even be recreated at home if some, if anyone wanted to. Uh, it's there's just a table to flip. It's just a table that you bang on and you flip <laughs> in uh, Cho Chabudai Gaishi or Super Table Flip, as it's often called. This is the one. There's a video of Brett. Uh, well, you spoiled that. Yes, because yes. I shot it. I was I was going to work up to that because it's kind of difficult to again find any footage of this that isn't polluted by background noise like uh, like these guys. Now, if you're in America, you probably don't recognize an arcade because you've never seen one. Uh, but as such, you miss a lot, like this table flipping game. Gotta wait for a lot of stuff. To get so the premise of, of this game is that so. The only controller is a table and like a couple of buttons. And (laughs) yeah, it's a tiny little plastic table. Like again, this could probably be recreated at home if like we were still living in the Taiko drummer Samba de Amigo era where game companies would actually do that. It unfolds in first person and you watch an irritating scene in front of you, whether it's your family at dinner or people at a wedding who are ignoring you. Yeah, there's a bride, yeah. like like an, a bride getting upset yeah. with the people. Un- unruly students, but stuff like that. And so you said it's a table, it is a table. but it's it's not a whole table. It's a yeah. half. It's it's like half half of a of table, a table. Right? attached it's a to a hinge. hinge yeah, table. and and so yeah. you you bang on it to get people's attention, and and then yes. you flip it as hard as you can, and you get you you're rewarded with the table flying into the scene. And uh, knocking over a bunch of shit, and then you are graded so, on how much stuff you destroy. Yeah, it's so like the burnout the, crash yes. mini game. It yes. is the crash breaker <laughs> of of being of being upset. It is it is, and I love that because before you can flip the table, you have to put two hands down and like that's it, right? And, and right. then you can flip the table. You cannot just flip the table. <laughs> And so the idea is to wake, wait for as many things as you think are, have walked into the scene in a certain area that you can hit with the radius. One of the levels is just a desk with your computer on it, which I can't think of anything that is more satisfying <laughs> right now. God, remember your desk and being mad at work? You just flip your PC into a uh-huh. group of people. Like it's, it's, it's unrecreatable. I think it was localized. Was it? Uh, and it, it did. It said something that it, that it or its sequel was localized and brought over to America, but I've yeah, never fucking seen it. Again, I, I think I have the perfect way to update this. 
you get the uh, the Magic the Gathering skin for the table. You get the Monopoly skin for the table, mm. and oh. that would be yeah. so satisfying. You just get up, flip. You get that the bad uh, boy. Thanksgiving 2019. Yes. yes. <laughs> Shut up, Uncle Bob. Oh, oh, you mean the drunk racist Uncle Mod? Yeah, yeah you need you need that. For the and, game, and, and actually, I did not mean to name like, my actual. Wa- just uncle. watching the family playthrough, <laughs> like that one is. Like, I just was like thinking about domestic abuse at the end of it because, like, so the like the, your daughter's sitting there on her cell phone your son is being annoying whatever and your wife keeps coming in with like these trays of food and setting it down and uh just the look on the wife's face as you flip the table directly into her and knock the food everywhere is just like astonishment and everybody's just staring at your character like what the fuck is wrong with dad (laughs) it is it is so immensely satisfying that i think we shot that video like five years after that Mm -hmm. game had come out Still alive. Yep. People are still playing that it's like game. In 2008, <laughs> 2009 that it, it came it, out. I, I don't. So. I don't remember. But I remember I'd read about it years mm. beforehand. And like, there's like a brand new update to Mario GP, Mario Kart GP, and there's no line for that. But this, they're like, it still fascinates people. As I, not to, not to. I don't know. I don't. That for Japanese culture, where to do something that rude is like mm-hmm. unthinkable. Right. <laughs> right. Like it's it's still it's, my my favorite emoji it, is the table flip emoji. It's the funniest thing yeah, every time it's I awesome. see it. Yeah, this it's actually awesome. showed up at California Extreme uh, two or three oh, years shit. ago, and that was the oh, first awesome. time that I saw it. I had no knowledge of this game, and it was a Japanese cabinet, so none of us wrote Japan uh, read Japanese. But there was a line six people deep, and again, I work there, so you would think that like, hey, I can sneak in before or after or whatever. No, I couldn't wait in line long enough because I had things to do as the announcer, so I would just go over every once in a while, and there was always six or seven people, and all of us said the same exact thing. What the fuck is this game? Like, nobody had seen it, (laughs) nobody had ever played it before, and yet, yeah, like, we were just super, super entertained. There's two, two rooms to California Extreme now, and this was in the secondary room which was sort of like the, well, this is where the weird shit goes. Oh, the Kincha uh, Hall of Cal Extreme. Gotcha. Yeah, kind gotcha. of, yeah. It's literally like just another ballroom that we've now <laughs> taken over. Uh, and so, like, unusual, like the Pong coffee table that you may have seen or, like, the uh, the sit-down Space Invaders uh, thing that's out now, you know, like the giant, the world's tallest Pac-Man, oh, yeah. you know, those things that you, you see at bowling alleys and stuff now. But that was tucked in there, and it only—it was like Brigadoon. It showed up once and never again. Ah. And and I've been like, please, somebody next time bring back that crazy ass table flipping game. I didn't know when you said like, you know, oh, it's called Super Table Flip, and I'm like, well, it's, there's gotta, oh, it's gotta be the same yeah. game. Like, there's, you know, there's <laughs> no way there's be. two table flipping. But, but it games. is weird. That it's just like normally when I look up these things, it's like, well, somebody's dumped the ROM and has emulated it and is playing it. Like, no, all of the videos, like, there's there's a trailer for the second game, the, the, the sequel, during which you can, mm-hmm. as the dad's angry ghost, disrupt your own funeral and throw your coffin at everybody. <laughs> um, so there's a trailer for that, wow. and then there's just videos of people playing it. But I did manage to get a fairly clean audio of, I think my favorite part, other than the table flip itself, might be, so a- after you flip it, like it does this freeze frame where like everything's just frozen in the air and it slowly pans the camera around at all the destruction that you've done. It's and it awesome. sings a karaoke song, complete with characters on screen that light up as they're sung. <laughs> and 
Your daughter getting hit in the face by a Sunday, your wife getting hit in a spaghetti pile. <laughs> I just through all I really the fire want and to. the smoke, we will never give up hope. Like I got serious Star Blazers vibes <laughs> off of that that karaoke song at the end, dude. I just really like Dan's idea of like a competing version, of, like like the deep impact to this game's Armageddon. Like so, these games were Taito, yes. I think. Like imagine just like Konami's version. Like well, our table's better. The hydraulics yeah, this, work slightly this is better. Table made uh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's legs on our table, you know, and like that mm-hmm. guy. I mean, like, so uh, the, the long history of the arcades is what would get you to go, mm-hmm. right? Like, it's one thing if you've got your own car and you've got weed and you can just go hang out with your friends. But, you know, uh, traditionally, location-based entertainment is about getting your ass off your couch. And increasingly, after the 90s, you know, if games were that good in the 32-bit era... I remember talking to Mark Tremell, and he said, yeah, you know, like, we're, we're thinking hard. Like, how the hell do we get people the, – the technology is catching up. We've always had a technological edge where the arcade games were always going to be more advanced than home games. And now it looks like that's not going to last very much longer. So we've, we're, we're moving. So what's going to get people to go out and play a game? That table flipping shit would get me to get in the Absolutely. car. Absolutely. We got to fucking go, man. Yeah, There's yeah. this table flipping game. So, like, it's it's super novel, but it's also super compelling to find an experience that you can't find anywhere else. And to me, the table flipping game is, like, that's, like, the pinnacle of, of the genre in a lot of it's, ways. It's like, I can't think of anything that I, like, weirder that I never would have considered. You know what we need to build a game around? Um, You know, like, getting really angry, smacking a table, and then just flipping the table. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah, I, let's do that. I don't, you know, like, I don't know what game development Mike Judge character you would do, <laughs> but I love it. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what you need to do. <laughs> you don't look like the paper boy to me. Bobby, uh, I don't want Bobby. you to flip that table anymore. I want you to figure out how to make a simulation of flipping a table. <laughs> but that, that's what I'm talking about. Like, It's not the only reason I play games to like release stress and like a metaphor for my tension, but this game is like... The metaphor's gone. Yeah. Are you well, mad at your wife for video, office? Video games are wish fulfillment, right? And so, like, yeah. some of these games are like, oh, we're going to let you fly a jet. We'll let you power a mech. I love that this is, like, wish fulfillment, but of the most banal variety. It's just like, yeah, you can <laughs> yes. flip a table, which anyone can do in real life, but of course you would never. You would but in an never arcade game, do why it. But it's a it's fantasy. Like it, God, I would love to just flip that table. Let us. Live I wish we were in like an alternate universe where like the dad's about to yell at his family. You're right. I was about to yell at all of you. I'm going to drive down to Moe's and I'm going to play the flip table arcade <laughs> game and I will be back tonight. Hopefully with all the stress gone. And, and Sorry, honey. Love you, kids. I'll be right back. Daddy's got to get this out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's talk about your report card now. <laughs> I, I thought this would be a, a nicer, uh, you know, stand in for another game that uh, for Boonga Boonga. Which yeah. is the the infamous yeah. uh, giant finger up a mannequin's ass game, uh, which is for whatever reason designed as a similar thing for uh, stress relief. Like, oh, here's you could just put the yeah. make the face on screen a different person that you're angry at, and then do this thing that I found out really? um, has has like this is a thing that Japanese kids apparently do. It's called concho, where you you take both of your hands. And you, uh, your forefinger and middle fingers, and you make them into like a finger gun, and then you just sneak up on your friends and jam it at their asshole as hard as you can. It's like a finger punch. They do this in Naruto <laughs> on American television. 
Yeah, I well, yeah. There, there's, there's actually, I remember, I've only been there a few times, but there are subway ads asking you to please not do this, like in comic form that an American. When can you said read. that, yes. I imagined like subway yeah. sandwiches. Like, don't do this at subway. No, it's, <laughs> it's don't do this with Jared <laughs> in the room. This, Give this is why ideas. I'm a Blimpy's man. I mean, you I can understand why you now. wouldn't want to do it near railroad tracks. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, no, you shouldn't do that. Jumps. No, no, but it's it's like. There's a lot of there's a, there's comic strips of like violating people like that in Japan in the twenty teens. It's is, is everyone there like twelve? Like that's the kind of shit you'd like pants no, your friends. No, but it's like and... it's like people do shit like cut out the back of girls' skirts and like use selfie sticks to film up their skirts. And it's like it was that was like not even like don't use selfie sticks to film up people's skirts. It was like hey, please tattle on people using selfie sticks to film up girls' skirts. <laughs> it's, it's it's happening so much, and it wasn't in Japanese. It wasn't in English. It was a comic strip, so we all Jesus. got the point. And like. Uh, well, you never know. It could yeah, be a game show over there. That's, that's you know, half that's the why time. Unga, like, Unga, Unga yeah. Bunga, knowing also, that to be and fair, knowing though, someone Bunga, who... I think is Korean. But it, and it, yeah, and it oh, usually it gets attributed to, like, oh, those wacky Japanese. No, it's Korean. Sure, because it's mm. video games, yeah, right? Yeah, it's video so. games. Oh, well, it, it, and it's, that's, but it's, it's, mascot was a giant pile of yeah. shit before yeah. we had emojis. and But it, it was the it poop was, emoji. Yeah, basically. So maybe that's the poop well, emoji yeah. is evocative of did that you, game. Did you 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 didn't you didn't use your actual no, fingers. No, you had you had a like a a, a giant hand with a, a finger like a pointing index finger that you mashed into a <laughs> denim clad piece of flesh yes. which is by any definition was a like a robust mm. ass from no matter what culture oh, no, you're yeah, in. Yeah, no, it that machine ridiculous. had back for sure. <laughs> that machine. I'd take it home to mom. And you just ram that, that hand control as hard as you can into it and then look at the reaction on the face that is now facing the front of you. It's one of the weirdest thing I would have shoved at least ten dollars <laughs> and a giant finger. I like that you, you you like how pronounced the the posterior was. Like red beans and rice did not miss that machine. You know, like I, I, you're right because it, it was like everything about it was cartoony. But yeah, uh, like it was a big pillowy ass, and it was a giant cartoon finger, like doing the finger gun thing. You know, like pointing and. Uh, like the, the panicked expression of the faces that were on the screen that you were violating, it was clear that they were not happy to have you no. do it. And that was yes. part of the fun of the game. And that is how you knew what, when you did well, when the face was particularly shocked or violating. Right. And, <laughs> but we should, we should point out, and, I think this thing only like five of these were made. Like it, it, oh, really? it didn't see, well, that's what, according to, well, well tell, tell, tell EGM that because an issue didn't go by where they didn't publish a picture. <laughs> but of I, I'm, I'm on the wiki and I do have to tell you guys, I was just curious, what do they list as the genre for this game? And they listed action. <laughs> this is an action game. <laughs> I mean, uh, non elevator action. It's, it's action. Um, <laughs> sure. It's, it's yeah. It's uh, probably a prosecutable action. But Absolutely it's action. a prosecutable sure. action. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I don't know. I don't know that it is. It's twenty I years old. Uh, I did. It, I mean, that's how. Wow. Yeah. Also, we can expect the anniversary edition. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> the remaster. Hey, <laughs> coming to Oculus. It hasn't Epic been Store done, exclusive. home, right. but the PlayStation Move yeah. controller. Uh-oh. Polka, polka, polka. <laughs> That's the perfect way to do it. Uh, <laughs> I'm running out of exercise games on that thing. God damn. No one's giving me Supernatural on that thing. What the hell? Right. We should wrap me, this damn. up on that note. 
Dan, Dan and I are the few, some of the few people who work out exclusively through yeah. VR, I would imagine. Yeah. And, and yeah, I love the game Dan plays, Supernatural. Are, are we even VR friends? I have PSVR and you don't. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I don't even have that game. I just get to see how great your fucking playlist oh, is. Oh, thanks, Whereas man. I'm still having to pay $11 for Imagine Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> Lightning Thunder. You're getting ripped uh, off, kid. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, now I know where all the music from those DreamWorks trailers came from. What a ripoff! I can imagine dragons for free. <laughs> Lame. Oh, uh, oh. but we would like, and this is maybe a good. I don't. I don't know what the question of the week is, but like, that's what we were trying to think of: experiences we couldn't recreate at home. And it, it not only, not only thinking about what's happening on PSN, but thinking about COVID and not being able to go out. It, it, it's not that, not even necessarily arcades. What's what's something you just can't do at home related to games? Yeah. Bummer to think about. But well, we're almost. When we were this. talking earlier about like, oh man, this is. If, if I knew where this was, I would go there. I was just thinking like, yeah, they had like, you know, vaccine appointments in Fresno, and I was like, I don't want to drive like three and a half hours to Fresno, <laughs> and then like, but if you said there's an arcade there that has this, we can go afterwards. <laughs> like, fuck yeah, let's go right now. <laughs> I mean, that's where me and my girlfriend are at. I'm always trying to find some arcade one up that's at a bumblefuck mm. Walmart for a hundred dollars on clearance. So yeah, we were gonna drive to Alabama to get our oh, stupid vax. I uh, know we got it. I'll tell the story on bonus time next week. All right. Uh, we, I have my first shot. Had, I've had it for weeks now, and I can't wait for my okay. second. And. As long as you're not stepping over old people to get one, you are protecting yourself from anti-vaxxers and don't feel guilty about taking one of many vacant appointments if you're in a red state. Just saying. Uh, it's up to you to help protect yourself and your populace. And if no one's doing it, take the appointment. Absolutely. Thank you, Chris, for that yeah. that astute PSA. <laughs> I've been arguing a lot with people on Facebook about it because there's it's just a controversy where I'm at mm. right no, now. I, I think they're California opening up where you are. I think I just read like Georgia is now just opening they, they are. up. So it's... Because of how many vacancies there's been for, right. a, mu- for yeah. a month. Yeah, that, and, that's been the frustrating part. Like hearing California and hearing that like, oh, well, yeah, I mean, they, they weren't able to distribute enough of them in months. And I'm like, what? Yeah. Like I feel like we just got it in California yeah. this month. Like, you guys are booked up with serious – just over you have a huge population but like the idea that like like north dakota may have half the amount of vaccines as california that might be the case and it is is ridiculous because they don't need that many and it's it's like that a lot in the red states where also anti-vax propaganda is rampant yeah let me explain to you why the senate and each uh each day having two senators no longer makes sense anyway (laughs) there you go (laughs) and i will happily say if uh I'm starving. You have a sandwich, but you also have a pamphlet on how sandwiches are poison. I will eat your sandwich. <laughs> I will. I will steal it and eat it. This has been Video Game of Politics. Uh, hope you've enjoyed it. <laughs> uh, anyway, I have not heard that. I like that's that. our top five. Uh, hope you enjoyed it. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about some new releases, some news, some other stuff. So stay tuned. <laughs> Yeah, 
Let's get scratching. Do you like Video Game Apocalypse in 30 2010? Well, the LaserTime Patreon has figured out a way to combine the two. Over at patreon.com slash lasertime, we've taken a month's worth of 302010's games from 30, 20, and 10 years ago and grabbed the hosts, Michael Raparez and Matthew Allen from Video Game Apocalypse. And with our combined three decades plus in the games industry, we found a great way to take a deep dive into the biggest gaming anniversaries of the month. Here's a recent sample. It is the launch of Bart Simpson versus the Space Mutants. One oh, of man. the worst games I have ever played. Terrible. It's, it, it's terrible in a different way because, like, you get a lot of the YouTube snark over the first level, which is... And it was basically just a parody of They Live, yeah. which I didn't understand at the time. I didn't get it all. And once you get past that original level, it's just a shitty, shitty, oh, shitty yeah. side-scroller with no gimmick at all. Do we know the story? Is this one of those things where they had a different game and then they just threw a Simpsons skin over it to capitalize on, I, on the fad? Or? I don't think so, but it is the first one from acclaim. But what I do like pointing out is that everything in the game, such as the importance of the space mutants, is all based on season one Simpsons horseshit. Yes, and 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 this this game, like it even puts it on the box because technically, in terms of Simpsons references, McBain hasn't hasn't been mentioned. Bart doesn't have a ton of friends. Lisa has no friends. We don't. We may not even know the name of her teacher. I would say the 18th most famous Simpsons thing, <laughs> the Space Mutants, and uh, this game reflects that. And it's about all you'd have to remember that. It kind of had those like proto Kodos and Kings right. that was like they had arms and legs and one eye, and they would show up like at the beginning and when you died. Development uh, obviously started before the second season of The Simpsons because yeah. there's no Kodos and Kings. So, in addition to weekly bonus shows, over 100 movie commentaries, exclusive specials, you can get the 302010 Video Games Edition, celebrating a month of important gaming milestones every single month at patreon.com slash lasertime in exchange for just five bucks. And you'll support all of the Lasertime shows, including Video Game Apocalypse, right guys? Welcome back to our final segment, where before I hit the button, I will find another way to delay. In this case, Dan, I'm sorry you're leaving us, but is there anything you would like to plug before you do? Yeah. First of all, I'd like to apologize for bailing, but uh, That's okay. I, I have a lot of stuff that I need to do. And of course, I would love to talk to you guys all night, but there you go. Um, yeah. I mean, I've plugged a lot of different things. And uh, again, I'm always I'm always appreciative of the VGA uh, support out there. Uh, for all of my creative projects and all of those things are still there. Uh, but, uh, my wife started an Etsy shop a couple of, uh, like right before the, the, the whole big lockdown. And it's been really, really good. And she does really good designs. Uh, she has two main products. One is like Star Wars cosplay accessories, like Ar- Arbesh translators. And if you want a custom ID for your, your fake Star Wars character, uh, you know, you, we'll, we'll custom laser cut those things for you. Uh, but lately we've also been getting into reusable, uh, board game score sheets. So like the answer sheet for Clue, uh, we have a custom version of that that you can just use dry or wet erase markers for. Uh, same with Yahtzee and Uno and Scattergories, and some of these can be personalized with your name and stuff like that. So if any of that is of interest or, you know, around the holidays you're looking for like, what do you get for the person that you know likes board games but has every board game? Uh, you can basically help them upgrade their board game with something bespoke. <laughs> can I make a confession to you, Dan, on the show right sure. now? Yeah. I have an unreasonable anxiety of board games that have consumable items like yep. Yahtzee scorecards that yep. 
I'm just always going to run out and never be able to play Yahtzee again or have yes. to do like the poor Someday man's they'll stop version. making Yahtzee. <laughs> it, it, no, it reminds me of being in the after school program, like when your parents can't get off work until after five and you got to hang out at the school and all you can get to play is donated board games. And when they'd run out of the sheets, you just can't fucking play. Yeah. Or what you would get is the photocopied version where someone would take the yeah. last score sheet and photocopy it a thousand <laughs> yes. times. Yes. Yeah. Or worse, like try to rebuild. It's just as good in Microsoft Word. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. This is an anxiety uh, I carry with me. They photocopy the last anxiety. sheet and just, just cross out the school shooter there and uh, right. play over yeah. him. And But Dan has solved that in his Etsy shop. Is what right. this, that's that. that's the goal is especially we found a lot of people from categories were like I'm still playing the same version from 1992 and we ran out of paper in 2006 and so now yeah like basically <laughs> you play a game and then you literally just wipe it clean uh, you know you can use dry or wet erase markers it's really good we do it on frosted acrylic so it kind of looks like space age paper but it's you know it's not so yeah if you are a, a board gamer and you have those classics uh, or if you have things that you want us to, to make, we're, we're taking ideas for that. But uh, the, the URL is bit.ly slash my wife's name, K-A-T-R-I-N-A-U-C-H, Katrin Auk. If you're on Etsy, she's Katrin's Curiosities, all one word with a K. Uh, but yeah, uh, also I tweet about it on my Twitter, which is at Dan Amrick. Every once in a while, I'll throw out a plug for the shop. Uh, so if you're interested in nerdy things for Star Wars or board games, or both, because my masterwork with Cat is that we sell wood, laser-etched Scrabble tiles in Arabesh. So you can actually <laughs> learn the Star Wars alphabet by playing Scrabble, and I will sit here and, and, like, it takes two hours to cut a set of these damn things. And we give you little translator cards so you can learn as you play. It's a completely useless skill that I am very proud that I have. I can read Arabesh. I watch the Clone Wars and I get all of the jokes in the background. That can be you if you buy Scrabble tiles <laughs> that are regulation size that happen to be uh, in the Star Wars alphabet. God damn. I only wanted the tiles that were made from the runes that you had to try to translate in the Indiana Jones ride with we the Energizer card. We have considered this. We have considered <laughs> this. But there is currently no market for that outside Damn of it. you. So. Uh, what about, What about? is there a way you can print it on a sword and I can read it and then end a nine-part trilogy in the most disappointing <laughs> way possible? And, um, Drink your Ovaltine? <laughs> what a ripoff! <laughs> Those runes are still in the Indiana Jones ride. It's just they don't advertise it. So technically somewhere in the Indiana Jones ride, it's like, we keep going and going like Energizer, like spelled out in Sanskrit and shit. Is yeah. that oh, what they translated boy. to? Uh, I think, yeah, I think the Indiana Jones one was like Energizer stuff. That, that is right up there with Drink Your Oval Team. Let's talk someday about the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, ride that has its own cipher hidden in the line. That's Whoa. for another day. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. If you're going to replace Rod Serling, then I guess something like that. Yeah, yeah it's acceptable. I love anyway, Guardians, so I'm not complaining. Yeah. Dan, Dan's Laser Time MVP this week, patreon.com slash laser time. Dan tells the most human slash Hollywood story I've ever, <laughs> like we've ever talked about. I hope this lives up to expectations. I love it, man. It may, it, I, I'm, I'm, I'm listening to it through the third time on one of the hardest edits I've ever done. And it's, it's, it's heartbreak and you tell a good story. I'm not saying it's all funny and trying to make fun of you because it is heartbreaking. No, you can make fun of me too. That's but it, it's, it's, but you made me laugh. You made me laugh until my face hurt. And, um, man, it, it's a really great story. 
Well, thanks. I, and sorry, that's my plug, not yours. But uh, Dan, no, Emmerich, but you know, give give them the Patreon monies, please. Yeah, I guess. I All guess. right, this thanks, computer guys. sucks. Thanks, <laughs> thanks Dan. Danny. I totally appreciate the invite, and uh, and I'll talk to y'all later. Bye. Bye. <laughs> and that is the longest delay I've ever had before pushing this button. Oh God! Did he conspire with you to do that on purpose? Is this no? Is this it was part purely serendipitous. Oh, that whiplash! I have a <laughs> neck brace on. Oh my goodness! So new releases, right? I can't even turn my head. Yeah, we have played very few of these. Uh, nah, Battle of Wonderworld. I have played like four hours of this in the demo. Wow! Because the it's demo's a very not four hours long. It's it's very slow. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> It is very, very slow. It, it did not... I'll, I'll be honest. Like What I played in the demo did not do much for me. It is the the 3D platforming, but with one-button controls where every button does the same action. Usually it's jump if you're not wearing a costume, and then you find these different costumes, and each one has the one action that you can do. Like, Tornado Wolf does Volcano, and Jumping Jack does this thing where he runs in the air like Luigi, and... I cannot wait to see the reviews on this because they should be extremely bad. This <laughs> is a this is something I was looking forward to, unbelievably because I I don't has Matt done it on on mic? He's done it off mic today to us, telling me how much night sucks. He's wrong. I Matt is bad. Nights. Matt is bad. Yep. He's bad. He doesn't <laughs> bad deserve man. to play Yakuza. Shega should come and shut his channel down. <laughs> here's um, all I have to say about this game. Uh, but anyway, here's Balan Wonderworld. <laughs> <laughs> I understood that reference. Wait, wait, I should, I should <laughs> actually do it. It's so hard. Okay, sorry, no, no, I won't do that. I won't do that. Thank you. But um, it's, it's, it is the most polished preschooler game I've ever played. It is like playing Shenmue 3, as in like, oh, this wonderful Sonic Team Sega developer is making another game again with, with AAA budget, and they clearly have not played another game in the last 20 years to know what anybody wants to do. This is... It's beautiful. The music is amazing. It's well, de- the characters are well designed. It's one of the worst things I've ever played. Please tell me uh, what you think, and please buy it. I'm saying everyone buy it. <laughs> I gotta know. I gotta know. There's something I'm missing in this demo. I mean, it was, it's it was... it's one of those things. Like, I'll keep an open mind. Like, I I I seen a lot of people complaining about the demo, so my my view of it may have been a bit colored. I think it did do some really neat stuff, like that second level that's included where. The whole thing basically curves like it's on a giant roller, and almost whatever. all of it curves. It's like walking around the Citadel. No, I didn't. I guess I didn't <laughs> notice it so much in the first level, but um, yeah, the whole thing curves, and like I notice, like oh, I'm supposed to like there's this giant ball that comes down at one point and it has to fall into a pit, and uh, realizing like oh, I should go stand over here because that will curve the background, and then mm-hmm. it will that that curvature will help the guide the ball where it's supposed to be like that, that's bullshit that's man neat, the balance balance wonder world flat everybody knows that michael <laughs> balance wonder world is flat no it's flat like being inside a giant roller but um I, you know it's one of those things like i'll keep an open mind the the final game might be much better i, than I the have demo. like it maybe it opens up and plays easy. the idea of like you can unlock new costumes and new abilities and like and hold three at a time meaning like you could do more like if they assigned one of these moves to one button you would never have to change any outfit you could use all your face buttons at all time. It's irritating. It's it's like Shenmue 3 to me. It's someone from Sega getting to make their dream game 20 years later, not having played anything in the last 20 years. 
It looks ridiculous. I cannot wait to see that. It's the only reviews I will read multiple. I will really read multiple reviews. I want to see how younger people are treating this game. Hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see the reviews too. Um, I also, I have played uh, Immortals Phoenix Rising Myths of the Eastern Realm, which came out this Thursday, and uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, I, full disclosure, I do work for Ubisoft, but um, it is, uh, I mean, this is DLC for Immortals Phoenix Rising, even though it is a Chinese setting, like the the powers oh, are, yeah, it's, it's, it's Chinese mythology, it's a period that is largely unexplored in any video game and it's it's uh, based on a myth known as New Amends the Heavens in which the, how Ubisoft decides to explore it with Immortals yeah. don't they have another historical franchise uh <laughs> yeah well i mean this this is mythology it's not history ah, i see it's it's I about see. the the creator goddess uh, repairing the sky after a disastrous war in heaven and uh and here you're playing as this character named like an, it's a new hero named Ku who is, uh, he's the last human, and he, he wakes up with mysterious powers that are a lot like the powers you have in the main game. But he does have a, a new fighting style with uh, different animations and timing on the combos. He also has a cool new ability. There's this new thing called the God Seal that uh, is a combo meter that pops up on screen. And as you rack up combos, it goes through three tiers of power, and uh, you can... Like it, it will augment two different uh, abilities. Like you have the the blades of Huang Di, which are like the Ares power in Immortals: Phoenix Rising, where it shoots up a bunch of blades under you. And then there's the the axe of Yan Di, which is like the hammer, but now it's an axe. And as you power up this meter, like the the blades, the first one will like all these like whirling swords will just pop up in the air around you and like home in on your enemies. The, the axe will send out these big fiery shock waves. And so it, it's a cool touch. There's, you know, new stuff to explore, a bunch of new puzzle elements. You can control windmills and clouds and pull yourself around on floating air rings, stuff like that. So, yeah, it's fun. And, and, and I should I should say, um, uh, I, I didn't I was wondering, like, why is this game so discounted? And like, oh, it has DLC coming out. You can get this game for, I think, twenty nine ninety nine or less uh, pretty much anywhere right now. It is, uh, I think it might be on sale. It's, it's definitely on sale this week. And I thought it was a little too early for that because this was one of my Game of the Year contenders. Yeah, one of my Yeah, two. I've never not seen it at at least at 40 at the most lately. It's it's seemingly yeah. on sale a lot of the time at 40. I thought that was 30. too low, but knowing that there's new DLC out, makes sense. Yeah, yep. so I enjoyed it. And these guys, uh, again, full disclosure, were both given uh, free codes for it. So, uh, you know, maybe it has little to, to do with it. I got plenty of free Ubisoft <laughs> codes, and I'm not saying that about Watch Dogs Legions. Mm. Uh, I, I, true, true, true. <laughs> I, 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 which I didn't hate. I'm just saying that like this gave me Breath of the Wild Mario Odyssey vibes yeah. and was funny. Well, no, I was actually just saying that like I gave you guys free codes, and you'll be able I know to play what you're saying. Week. I'm just saying there's a difference. This uh, is real. Yeah. It, All right. I love this game. I, uh, I have not finished the the main game yet because I was obsessed with like powering myself all the way the fuck up. Oh, the the power curve much much faster this time around. I think I finished yeah, it I in imagine. about seven hours, so it it is fairly meaty, but um, don't expect anything hugely different from the main game. Yeah, mm-hmm. DLCs, I'm, I'm happy two yeah. to three hours. So that's 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 a lot. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that oh, we yeah. can't play yet this week. So it takes two. 
is the the new title from uh, Joseph Mary Kate Barris, and Ashley Olsen. I'm oh, not what? sure if we can play that even after it comes out because none of us like playing with other people. I would play games with you guys all the time. You just never ask me. Oh. Well, I was telling you guys like, how is it that like? So Joseph Fares, the guy who like the director of Brothers: uh, Tale of mm-hmm. Two Sons, who which I loved by the way, which I still never played. Well, but he went from a, an amazing game that it's a two player game that you can play with one players, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden like his his thing after that his sense has just been like no I only do co op games like No Way Out and It Takes Two are only co op experiences. Oh like, sorry, I played Brothers, but I didn't play No Way Out because like yeah, there's not an option to play with a rando. You got to start mm. from the beginning with someone you know. Oh man, it's it's an interesting cachet, and like it's worth paying attention to. Especially, I never played more games um, co-op, and then I, when I moved out of town with people, I played games with. And uh, sorry, this is that again. That's specific to me, but like right when Xbox Live s- started hardcore on the 360, uh, I would play all the games I would have played at home couch co-op uh, with my friends back here. And uh, I would still do that with you guys for sure, but like the the other game didn't have any matchmaking of any kind, right? I I think it did. I, I remember they really were trying to figure out. I, I even think they had an option where like only one person had to own it, and then the other one could play. Like mm-hmm. there's there's all kinds of ways they're trying to get it to make it as easy as possible. And everyone who plays it with two people, like this is great. Everyone should do it, and it's hard to do. I'm just saying my co-op hours, if they're going to be taken up by a game uh, later this week, it's going to be Monster Hunter Rise. Like that That's going to take up my co-op time because it's getting good reviews. Both, both games, by the way, uh, are getting seemingly good reviews. Um, it Takes Two and Monster Hunter Rise are in the yeah. high 80s, low 90s territory I, I did right say, the... see Game Informer saying It Takes Two is like, this is one of the best games of the year. It's like, it's March. It's March. <laughs> but okay. <laughs> But that this is this is where Capcom releases its best game of the year typically February mm-hmm. and March. That's true. Yes. And and I think RE8 is not far behind or Village whatever you want That's to call May, it. That's May, isn't it? Yeah. Village oh, is it May? I thought it was yeah, coming up closer than that. But 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 uh this this I'm happy to say is the first Monster Hunter game I'm not even going to make an email about. I'm going to pay for because I love everything about Monster Hunter and I would love to do it on the Switch especially with you guys. Uh, I don't know what the voice, uh, what the voice chat options are, but whatever. Discord, you, you got to use that app, the Nintendo Online yeah. app. I think. Does it work with the Nintendo app? It should. If it has, that, like last I checked, two games worked on that app, <laughs> and uh, but I would, but I also will, be will never use that app. Who makes this app? Nintendo. I'll never use it. That's the worst. <laughs> that's the worst thing I could think to do. But uh, Monster Hunter Rise looks like some. I don't know. Do you do you have a better understanding on what it is, Matt? It look it, uh, you you have told me, and I can't disagree with you. It looks like four. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not trying to slander it. It just looks like a bunch of environments and character models from four. But a ton of people didn't experience four. It, it's exclusive. That is one of the only Monster Hunter games that is exclusive to the 3DS. But the scuttlebutt, the word on the street is so it, it visually, yes, it might take its cues from four. But it um, but it's it's like four, but upgraded obviously because it's on the Switch. Yeah. Um. But they've simplified even even more than world. Like you know how world right. like streamlined and simplified a lot of the monster hunter kind of typical yeah auto bullshit. auto um, crafting and shit like that. That's fantastic. So this is supposed to take that even a step further and made it even more accessible than it has been. And so I'm I'm fine with that. Like because even you know monster hunter world still had some bullshit you know that you had to deal with. Yeah. So that's mm. that's fine. You know the more people that can try this out and and understand and get addicted to. 
this game's all about the loot, baby. It's all about you go out, you figure out a weapon type you want to craft or an armor type you want to craft, figure out what you got to kill to get the shit to make that, and you go kill them and then make it, you know? I it's... think that's the illusion. The game is trying to... It's all about the fights, and the loot gets you addicted to learning the fights better. Sure. And the more... the the, the Like, the most I had to do was the... the Zenogre Skymerald, I remember. I had to, like, fight him, like, I think seven times. But with friends, you can do that in, like, ten like like ten to twenty minutes. Balone, it took forever. That was based on loot, of getting a rare drop. But the rest of it is, like, dude, getting good at fighting these monsters is one of the most satisfying things you can do with yourself. Bit bam boom I dodge. I wait for him to stick his horns into a wall, and then I beat the shit and chop his tail off. <laughs> And then I hit him with a, a flashbang and blind him and hit him. It's so satisfying to beat up these majestic beasts. Ugh. Monster Hunter is, is one of the best titles out there. I think that's where the game excels. Is it's There's different loops. There's the micro loop, the moment to moment of the fighting and, and the feedback you get from those fights is second to none. And then the progression loop is also very addictive. And so that's yeah. how, that's the secret to Monster Hunter. There it is. Michael folks. doesn't so get this. And I feel like nope. we should make a, VG, a concerted VGA effort to like bunker down. Yeah. Yeah. this with one another. Yeah. Just, I have never enjoyed it. I, every I keep trying. It's like Pokemon for me, where it's this is massively popular. I keep trying to get into it. It never sticks. What if? Hear me out. We play this together, and then we can get out a new podcast that no one gets to hear. Video game a politics, <laughs> silver edition, uh, <laughs> where we can just yell about things that have happened that day. Sent from oh, silver. Sydney Powell is using the I wasn't serious defense? Ah, fuck! If, if it's Monon related, it doesn't have to be like Generations or Ultimate would be the, the version of that podcast. That's true, but it's definitely not the... I said Silver, so no one confuses it with Ultimate, and no one should want it. <laughs> Oh, man, Patreon exclusive. Let's do it. Um, there's there's also a bunch of ports that I, I found like interesting that they're they're being ported. So Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2 is getting its next-gen iterations this week. Um that's a must-play game. The game's so yeah, good. Yakuza 6 is making its way off the PS4 into PC and X-Bone and is included with Game Pass. So you It's on Game excuse. Pass right now. Yeah. And, and by the time you hear this, it'll be on PC too. So, yeah, sorry. It'll be on Game Pass by the time you hear this. And this one made me do a double take because I'm like, has this ever happened? So Crash Bandicoot 4, it's about time, is on PC. And I double-checked and the... Crash in the trilogy was also on PC, but I was like looking. I'm like, that's doesn't it feel weird to see Crash on PC? Like, yeah, but I think it's it's been a, you 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 were there for the Vivendi thing where they're like, no, no, we are the real owners of Crash. It yeah, is not yeah, Sony. We were, and... we were on multi-platform at that point, but it mm -hmm. it will forever in my mind be associated with PlayStation because I think PlayStation bought like they premiered it at their conferences and like yeah. made it seem like it's associated with our platform. Good for them. Well, they should do that. The first few games were Naughty Dog, right? So yeah, they were. Yeah. They they were, but I'm saying when they they uh they I think when they the trailer for the Insane trilogy premiered on some kind of like PlayStation state of play or at e3 because it should like playstation should jockey forever to have like lead the announcement on crash you should even yeah. though it ends up on other shit and it always does it always does but like have it be a, like a one month exclusive it always should be it feels appropriate even if i don't have a ps5 i'll be happy about that that i mean the the rude crash dude in a suit was their de facto mascot in the states for a long time hey there plumber boy <laughs> <laughs> Remember that. <laughs> all right. Is that it for new releases? I believe so. All right. Then let's move along to. Hold on. There's also one more. 
Balin Wonderland, <laughs> Wonder World, and I'm saying that slowly and again so you know what it's like to play the game. And, and <laughs> I see you brought it around. It's a big circle, right? It's like but I want to make a farmer happy after he's been turned into a werewolf. It's one of the weirdest bosses I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> that is really strange. Not gonna lie, the dancing number at the end is is strange. Um, it, there's a part of me that like makes me think this will be the game that people are talking about for a while. It'll be very fun to stream. What what if By you that get I past mean that, that first area and then it's like, oh no, it's wonderful. Once you get past I, that, it's a real wonder I, world. Th- this was sold to me like the spiritual recreation of nights, and like this is a lot of walking slowly yeah, and collecting it's items. Nothing that, like nights, really, it's or, or like any nights Sonic at all. Adventure. You know, Michael, we did miss we, we missed one new release that I think you're going to talk about next week, right? So, uh, Story yeah. of Seasons yes. came out, Pioneers yeah. of Olive Town. I, so. I got a code for it like two hours before we started recording, so yeah. uh, I can't really say much about it now, other than that I was I was very impressed by the character creator in that, like, oh, I'm not actually <laughs> picking a gender. I'm just deciding how my character looks and what their posture is and what their voice is. Okay, great. And then you show up to town and they ask, sorry, I was like, oh, what, what's your name? Oh, uh, are you a boy or a girl? Like, oh, well, there it is. Okay. That's still neat. I can't wait to hear conservative radio talk about it, though. Mm. They want you to pick your gender last like it's a career. <laughs> how am I supposed to know if I'm fucking a man? How? how? I tell you, when I harass someone on the street or a bar... I want to know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Well, anyway, let's move along too. That new Nintendo Switch model that is like all but confirmed at this point. Um, there's more details have emerged. Analysts are saying that it will contain an upgraded NVIDIA chip. Um, I think this one is not... So right now on the Switches, I believe Switches have... It's kind of like... Is it the Targa chip? It's it's yes, like a it's like a mobile NVIDIA Targa. Chip. It yeah, was yeah. what was in their Shield product like five years ago. I have no right. idea what products that NVIDIA is releasing now, but I guarantee they're using an upgraded chip. Yep, yep. So this thing will have an upgraded chip with better graphics, better processing, supports a bunch of different types of rendering that they're using, all this. But the analysts, here's the, here's kind of the more interesting part. Analysts are noting this might be here as soon as this holiday season. Um, and they are speculating that the unit will carry at minimum a $50 price increase, but more than likely $100. So it's looking like this upgraded switch, the heftier, more powerful switch, mm-hmm. that again, as a reminder, can do 4K on the dock, but still will be 720p on the handheld mode because honestly, you won't notice. fine for that mode, you know, mm-hmm. it's screened right up against your face, you know. Yeah, nobody needs 4K. It's, it's, it's more about frame rate at that point anyway. And uh, the, I think the only weird thing is, um, I think this is about the time the Xbox Series X, or it's not Series X, Xbox One uh, S and One X came about with the PS4 Pro. It's will be four years in the Switch at this That's point. That's wild. That's unbelievable. It, it, yeah. it, we're old, and it doesn't feel like that long. And the pandemic makes time slither yeah, yeah. a little bit. But like it feel it feels weird. But uh, yeah, that's. If anything, it's the only thing that's weird about it is that the Switch hasn't dropped in price. Hmm. So they can charge whatever they want for yeah. this. <laughs> that's 
when the pro when the pro came out, it was the price of the PS4 at launch. When the Xbox Series One X came out, it was the price of the Xbox One at launch. This is yeah. going to be a hundred dollars more, likely going to be a hundred dollars more expensive. Yeah, I, I I saw somebody saying like, "Well, look at your Switch library. Like, who are the maniacs who want to play these games in 4K?" It's like. Do you think this is going to be about playing your existing Switch games in 4K or just about yeah. that? Like, this is the new 3DS. This is maybe maybe this is the 3DS to the Switch's DS. It's the successor. It's the next big thing. There will be software, maybe not that that works exclusively on it, but that is designed to look better on it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and like, here's the sad part about me. I don't know if I said that to you guys. Um a bunch of my shit on my Switch broke this week, and I'm pretty oh, good shit. to my consoles. Hmm. My my power cord broke to my Switch dock, hmm. and I know like it only takes a USB C, and like yeah, whatever. But like it's, I'm gonna buy Nintendo's plug for twenty five dollars and just plug it into the the port. But I mean, like I'm playing the later stage levels of Mario 3D World, which are very fucking hard. I also my second pair of Joy Cons have succumbed to Joy Con drift. Oh no! And and so it's just like, yeah, this system needs the new thing. I, I've used a bummer. my switch for uh, for a hundred hours, and like I broke the power cord and I've broken the controls <laughs> just just yeah. by being like not even leaving the house. And uh, yeah, I can't use my pro controller right now, and I uh, I'm just not going to bother with getting the Joy-Con fix because I don't know if I'll ever travel again. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, the system is long in the tooth, man, long in the tooth. I think we have to remember also there is a cheaper option of the Switch, which is the Switch Lite, right? And so they don't Not need to that. drop the price of the Switch. Um, to me, though, the only way that this beefier version is only $350 is if the regular Switch gets a price drop. Otherwise, if the Switch maintains 300 this thing will definitely come in at 400 It should, no It reason. should, like, the old Switch should go away entirely. Um, they should never sell it again. They, they, they shouldn't sell a non-4K system in 2021. Part of the reason I think, Michael, people were speculating about the old games, apparently one of the – some of the tech on those NVIDIA chipsets, it's a thing called uh, deep learning super sampling. Right. It uses AI upscaling to cool. basically upscale stuff to 4K resolutions without putting a big strain on stuff. But then, like, people who actually know the tech, they're like, no, no, this will be used for future games. Like, it's not like it's going to go back and make those older games 4K all, in, all of a sudden, you know. Although, like that, that's you know, less likely. I would not object to that with Breath of the Wild. Right. Nintendo, Nintendo has an incentive, it being their system, to uh, put that out for their first-party games. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That could be interesting. Yeah. Maybe we'll get uh, remasters of uh, the the first gen Switch. That games. seems way more Nintendo. That's what I was going to say. It would be interesting until Nintendo tries to sell it to you for sixty dollars. Breath of the Wild and... Super Mario Odyssey remastered yeah. double pack here yeah. until March twenty twenty two. Well, Breath who knows? Maybe they, maybe they don't need to because they're make they're going to be making money hand over fist from their Niantic partnership. Um, they announced a, a, a continuation of that partnership. Them. You might remember Niantic are the people behind Pokemon Go. So they have a new game coming out. This one using kind of an unexpected Nintendo franchise. We're going to have a Pikmin AR game. Yeah. I yeah. don't know how I feel about this because I, I actually love Pikmin, but I'm kind of of the mind of like, you know, we get Pikmin just about as often as we should get Pikmin. Like, <laughs> I don't think we could justify more Pikmin. You mean releases. it ended at three and we just keep getting ports and, and, and animation uh, ever we'll since? We'll probably have another one in a few years. But, it's uh, I love Pikmin. I'm not saying that. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
I wonder how that'll work. Are you, are you going to be collecting Pikmin and then, like, marching an army around to pick up imaginary shit? I think this one is all – it has a fitness angle because it's supposed to be about incentivizing you to walk around and lead your Pikmin around. Which Pokemon di- Pokemon Go did for a really long time mm-hmm. uh, for me. I, I, it was a wonderful fitness game for me. You're right. Yeah, Pokemon that that's right you to to get the eggs to hatch, right? You would yep. you would you had to walk. And I I started riding bikes with more ferocity because I could get to more environments and learning to play Pokemon Go while riding my bike, which uh disgusted everyone including my then girlfriend, but it was the way to play. Mm. And 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 I just cuz I have nowhere else to do it and I want to do something sentimental. Uh the guy the guy who taught me who Niantic was cuz all this is based on the their original game which looked like Geometry Wars. Ingress. Ingress. Um he 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 died of cancer um oh. 2 weeks ago. I told oh. you about it. I but just just wanted to give a shout out to my buddy Drew somewhere say it personally like uh yeah, he died unexpectedly last week and he's the guy who, who showed me about what Niantic could do. Yeah. With a game. And like, and a lot of this stuff is based on things they did with their original games and they built Nintendo stuff over that, where they learned where there would be big hubs of people or over here would be like better for water types. That was all done in an original game. And he showed me that and we drove around and like played with it. It's, it's an interesting time to make this announcement because I had heard they'd had to make some modifications to go with the pandemic because you obviously couldn't get like huge groups of people together yeah. for raids where it was like they just released They'd, they'd, they'd loosened up the standards to be like, eh, you're close enough to that gym or you're close enough to that raid point. Like you can all be in your cars and do this. They always kind of did. You never, I never had to be near a human being in Pokemon Go. Mm. Mm -hmm. Um, but the other part of this is, is the Pikmin thing is just one of, I guess, several other AR games that they are working on Nintendo with. So looking forward to those. Okay, so that is it for the Nintendo news. Now we're going to transition into PlayStation news. I'm going to start. Oh, I'm God, you guys, big swig of whiskey. You want the good news first or the bad news? And I'm not even sure the good news is good. Good it's news. just news. Yeah. Okay, Give well, PlayStation owns Evo now. That's weird. But, but, <laughs> no, it's, it's but weird. But, it, like, it'll ensure Evo lives. All those people now work at, work with or at Sony. And, um, it, it, that Sony has a renewed interest in live games and they really have been the, uh, other than PC, the fighting game, the premier fighting game console um, yeah, for the last couple the years. exclusive Street Fighter V. That was my take on this. My take on this is like, well, apparently the Street Fighter V thing worked well enough for them to want to stay in the fighting game sector. Like, it's... Mm-hmm. I never knew how that partnership worked. Because, like, I don't know sales numbers, but I always felt like Street Fighter V maybe didn't... At least it didn't do as well as four in my mind. I, I don't know if that's I'm, the case. Right I'm now. sure it did well. Like I, I looked up, uh, I saw a thing like the the top grossing, the top fifty uh, video game brands by the amount of money they've made in their lifetimes. Street Fighter was like number eight, with like the, sure. the first yeah. two being Pokemon and Mario. That that came about during like a red. Again, I worked at Gapcom, second largest recognized IP in the country, or it was back then. I, mm-hmm. I do think I, you can't say that with Pokemon anymore. Like Pokemon's the number one or two behind Mario. Yeah. Uh, but but beyond that, like my, like most Japanese developers chose PlayStation during the PS3, PS4, and inevitably PS5 era. Mm-hmm. And like the one thing, everyone's like, "What about Smash?" I'm like, 
Nintendo's the one who has ruined every fucking fighting game tournament with its Smash restrictions. Like, it's way more likely Nintendo will fuck up their attendance at Evo than Sony would owning it. It's uh, it's funny you mention that because Nintendo actually released an official statement after this news. And it's the total, it's the most, like, non-statement a corporation can make. So here it is. Nintendo has enjoyed engaging with fans at past Evo tournaments and wish the show's organizers the best with their new venture. We will Yikes. continue to assess Evo and other opportunities as we plan for future online and offline Super Smash Bros. tournament activity. Let me translate. We will avoid Evo until it becomes unavoidable. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm Nintendo, and I don't want to partner with anyone. And they've been awful for all fighting game tournaments in streaming in general. But but Sony, uh, other than the um, PS3 hasn't i'm talking about the um hdcp blocking and shit like that they were just difficult for streamers it's funny you mentioned the ps3 this week it was rumored and then i think it eventually was confirmed that uh the playstation 3 vita and psp stores are going away so sony playstation store will no longer offer those games online and on mobile. Um, I, I would like them to clarify, like, are these just going to be no longer for sale? Or are they going to be shut down entirely? Like, if I own these games and something happens to my systems, will I be able to re-download them? Or are they just gone forever? Here's what I'm telling you, Michael. The answer is yes, eventually, to all of those questions. Hmm. And and if you... Only because, like, you were there, Michael. You hmm. remember what the PS3... Oh, yes. <sighs> Live environment was like it was awful. I've I've been reacquainting myself because when this news hit, it's it's like oh well I've got a replacement PS3, my original Yellow Light of Death, and so I mm. I've had it for a couple years, but it I haven't really bothered to load many games onto it. So I'm like I should go and download all the stuff that I've got queued up because I won't have an opportunity soon. So, so they did clarify, by the way. Michael. Okay, I just, I just verified. Um, who, who clarified? They, they, they did. Like Sony clarified. Sony, yeah. So here's, mm. here's what they sent out an email, and here's what the email said. So this is going to take effect October twentieth. Uh, so throughout twenty first to twenty sixth is the transition period. It's a weird change, but I think it's a signal of more changes to come. So the first change, you you cannot buy those games on like your desktop, like on the web. Or mm -hmm. on mobile devices. So, so it's their web store they're getting take off, taken off of. They clarified, though, if you still have a PS3 plugged in and running and connected to the internet, you can still buy those games through your PS3 device, through your huh. Vita device, wow. or through your PS1 okay. device. <laughs> all right. I, I was all for <laughs> I was all for, like, that should go... Not that that should go away. There's plenty of people who can't afford a new system, but that is two systems ago. Yeah. And, 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 and iPhone... iPhone iPhone went through this already, by the way. If you own anything like beyond an iPhone 7, you can't play any, download or play any of their games. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay, but yeah. then they clarified. So for now, again, you will be able to access all your previously purchased content as before. But I think it's, again, through those platforms, you know. And then your existing PlayStation 4 apps, mm -hmm. themes, avatars, those will, those will remain on your PS4. So it... It's a nuanced explanation, yeah. but again, it it I think it anytime anything like this starts to happen, everyone gets nervous because everyone goes, yes. "See, this is why there I don't trust go. digital. This is why I don't trust yeah. digital yeah. only." Yeah. But but I think um like and we, this isn't the first time this has happened either. We saw it happen with the Wii. Also that 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 store just got shut down and people saying like, "Oh, there's all these great exclusives you haven't played. Go download them." 
But, but yeah, just th- this has been a weird experience for me because, like I said, when I this news hit, I decided, like, oh, I should go finally download all my PS3 games. It is excruciating to do this. The <laughs> PS3 was a terrible system uh, and when it came to the, the user interface because I don't know if anyone listening remembers what it was like to I download do. games on a PS3. I remember download and background being something they added four years in. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and it's still clunky as hell. So the the experience, and I've I've been through it many times in the past couple of days. Is well, first you have to go into the PlayStation Store, find the download list, and then it gives you all the software that you've bought since you first got a PS3. Time immemorial. And so you go and you find the game that you want in an unsearchable list, and uh, you you hit the download button. And then you wait a second while it thinks about this, and then it starts to download, and then you can hit the download in background button, and then you wait for another progress bar to fill up so it can prepare the download in background, and the the speed of that varies depending on how big the file is, and then it goes into the background, and then you keep doing that over and over again until it tells you... You've reached the maximum number of things that can download in the background. And then you walk away and do something else for a while. Michael and I said today to one another and agreed, the PS3 was the worst PlayStation experience I've ever had. Yeah. And Michael terms, said, in yes. In terms of the raw hardware, yes. It was not yes. great. And and like PS1, 2, 4, 5. Well, I had some problems with 5 as well. But like mm. I think it will ultimately settle into being a great system. Yeah. But PS3, like, I don't... And I'm not saying I'm not sad for these games possibly disappearing, but I had the worst experience with the PlayStation 3. I'm trying to remember the games, like, I really care about. Everyday Shooter is mm. one of those games I can't find any of the music from. Uh, I hear no one talking about it. It was a weird PlayStation exclusive. It was really good. Yeah, Dave, I loved Dave, it. Dave Rudden, like, said it was something like, uh, you know, Geometry Wars, but chill. <laughs> you you literally play as a pixel that sh- can mm-hmm. shoot in any direction. It's awesome. Yeah. You know, oddly enough, Chris, the worst PlayStation experience I ever had was the 2015 PlayStation experience held at Moscone Center in San Francisco. Like, I was like, wait, that <laughs> sounds so familiar. Oh, yeah, that was the name of their PlayStation event that they did. Yeah. But I think in the beginning, like, I, I had a, uh, if you remember, if you've been listening to us for a long time, I downloaded, what was it, like, uh, Jason Statham's The Mechanic. It's like, you have two hours to watch this. I'm like, it took you five hours to download it. Yeah. Like, like, so I lost my license to watch the movie. And the, it, so I, I never used the PlayStation for anything. And I know that's not the case for everyone. I, that, tw- those 24 hour marathons, like Michael and I had to like jump into Uncharted two or three multiplayer. Those things were crazy. Hmm. They were, they were unlike, I had never experienced a, a fandom like the multiplayer or the multiplayer servers of Uncharted. So I know Sony has its fans, but I never put my chips into that until the Vita came out. And I have, I don't know what I'm missing. Um, I don't know. I was trying to get in a bigger conversation about that with you guys just because like I, I don't want to have every game forever anymore. That, it doesn't that, bother me. I was just me. about to say that is like it doesn't bother me. This would have pissed me off if I was younger, but now I'm I'm kind of at the age I'm starting to realize like I'm not going to go back 
and replay some of those old games or at least go to the trouble of having to set up an old system to play those old games. Like if it's not convenient for me to grab on the current systems I have plugged in to my TV and stuff, it's right. like I'm I'm not going to go what, back and what play. Is it that is weird good. to think about these games just disappearing, like an it entire is. generation of games. Just like – And I hate nah, that. You can't play and it I have I have faith that people will emulate that even though they haven't with some of the Wii, WiiWare stuff. And yeah. uh, that that does bug me and depress me. Uh, but I don't have any personal tie to anything on PS3. It's like my least favorite Sony platform that has existed. I wouldn't and, go that yeah. far. I, th- I think you know. I would when when I when I when I trash it. I want to make it clear. I'm talking about the experience of using the hardware. The games were pretty good. Oh no no! I, I am talking about the experience of using the hardware, but I'm also talking about the experience of using. Xbox hardware where you can you can like still buy games from two platforms ago online on mm. this system. Yeah. Which Sony yeah. never set up. That's right. true. And, right. and 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 like I haven't so I haven't trusted them for two generations to buy games digitally on them. So I other than the Vita, I have not done that at all. Hmm. But my PS my PS plus library on the Vita is massive. And Michael and I were talking about the, the proprietary memory cards. There aren't I would need to buy like five memory cards to preserve all that shit. That's the thing. So, like, as a game preservationist, this stuff would worry me. But I'm not a game preservationist. Like, I, I as just as a personal consumer, I don't care. But I see, I understand why some people are freaking out about this. I, that's yeah. I, I had that conversation with Greg and Adam. Um, Adam, who is a game collector, and it's look, I, I, I hate sounding like a know-it-all, like, I, like, or like you're. You don't know, like, or like people are are, are being misled because you're not. But like, when you hear about like this is the worst thing, how dare Sony be so, so anti-consumer? You're hearing that from people who are prominent game collectors. Not everybody is game collectors. You don't have to be as mad as the biggest game collector in the world because that's not what you do. Like the people who curate museums of games are frustrated. You as a player who collect experiences and not every game ever shouldn't give a shit. No one gave a shit when like this happened to movies or music and, and the right people always found these things. There's not many pieces of lost music or lost movies. Hmm. Yeah. But that, that also, it just doesn't happen. Like you don't have, uh, oh, well, DVD players are going away. Now you can never watch DVD movies it's true. again. It's true. It's true. It's true. But it's also like, um, I remember we had, started talking about this around Gamergate. It's just that like the Nintendo had 600 games on it. Like maybe a little less. You could have, I played almost everything on the NES. I could never play everything on the PlayStation network. That's fucking impossible. There's way more than 600 games on there. There's way more than 20,000 games in the iPhone right now. Like you can't play everything. You need to preserve what's important to you. And what I want to hear from people are what are the games that we're losing and what do we need to protect? And that's what the emulators out there, that's what the the real preservationists need to know. And not all of you curate game museums and not all of you collect every game, so let's not pretend this affects all of us equally. You are worried about a couple of experiences moving forward, but, you know, we've done this with multiplayer experiences. They don't last forever. Those are servers that go down. It's also a weird kind of unique problem of games of like, 
consumers feel like we have to be the ones to preserve this stuff because like what the other industries we've talked about like the movie industry Mm -hmm. music industry they preserve for the most part they preserve their masters and they preserve like versus in the games industry and this is a problem go listen i do recommend go listen to the video game history foundation podcast like frank cefaldi will talk about it all day of like there's a real problem of like people not preserving source code from games or like you know developers and publishers they might go out of business like there is no official way for them to preserve that stuff. And it's not like they don't like sell off like, look, here's our servers with the original source code. That That is what's unique about game preservation is the burden is placed on consumers a lot of the time because the people who true. actually own the IP aren't necessarily preserving it the way we would want them to. Yeah. You know? And I mean, that's why like certain old games, you don't see remasters, even though there's a lot of outcry for it, because especially in the Japanese game industry for a long time, it's like, why would we keep the source code? We throw all that shit away. Like, <laughs> but I, I, I just said, I just like, I just wanted to point that out because anymore. most of the time when we hear this stuff, it's from Frank Cifaldi. It's his job to collect and archive every game. It's not everyone else's. It, it, it's <laughs> when you hear about the, an angry YouTuber guy and he's walking in front of his game collection, he's mad about his game collection going away. Whereas I'm like, I'm really glad I got to play what I played during that and if they re-release it i'll buy it but like i don't care like and i i I did like if i had to think of a question of the week this is not a question of the week but like where my cutoff is with like when i thought i could play every game and for me it's ps1 i've given up after that i cannot collect every game experience after ps1 it's been Mm -hmm. impossible Mm -hmm. there are too many games I think they're like 2,000 games for PS2 as opposed to 500-something for the NES. I, I do wish, though, that so during the PS3 era, after they, they went through several phases of backwards compatibility. Like mm-hmm. the, the original fat ones had basically PS2 guts stuffed in there. Yeah. yeah. So it, they did hardware mm-hmm. emulation. Then they switched to software emulation with later models. Then they just dropped the emulation entirely. But what they did do was they made PS1 and PS2 games available to download as PS1 and PS2 classics. And yes. I'm wondering, why did they never make those backwards compatible on PS4 or PS5? Like We, we talked about that recently. Like com- do. Companies at some point fell out of love with that. Like Nintendo used to have the Wii Shop and sell their old games. And then all this, now this generation, for some reason... It's like, well, we have this subscription service, and that's the way to get old stuff, you know. Yeah. Emula- emulation and accessibility has made those those games worthless, and and we also haven't had to do do that. Michael, any PS2 game like worth playing on a massive level? Not, not I'm not saying every not not every PS2 game worth playing playing, but we had the remaster. Yeah, the remaster came about to re-deliver us timeless experiences from that system. And were, they were remade onto different platforms. I know that doesn't account for Clonoa and all those other PS2 classics like Dead to Rights and Siphon Filter, Logan's War. Yeah, well, I'm, but, I'm but, thinking <laughs> specifically the Sui Coden games, one and two. Yeah. Like that is mm-hmm. the only way to legally buy those is through, yeah. is through PS3s, PS1 classics, and you can play it on Vita, PSP, PS3, but not PS4, or PS5. This is this is from a guy sitting on his table. I have right here. My dad gave me back for Christmas a Little Rascals DVD collection from, from twenty years ago. You will ne- this will never be offered on a streaming service. They will never ever be sold again in this kind of packaging. That's what you think, Criterion. But the Little Rascals <laughs> collection. But but like people still care, and people will preserve these things. 
Yeah. Um, you just have to dig into unofficial communities. And so when I, that's, it's the only, um, I'm not doing a good job of selling any of this, but like, cause there's no, there's no real, uh, positive thing about games going away. There just isn't. Um, and depending on the community to preserve them, but it also means from here on out, they're free. <laughs> they will be free. You like, if you're missing a game on PS3, Vita or PSP, it'll be free. You can only get it for free. And, and there will be thousands of dozens, hundreds, maybe people devoted to making that a perfect experience for you. And, um, if you can, if you care enough, I ask you to be one of those people who cares about game preservation. Um, especially if you have coding, um, experience like what our buddy Greg just told us recently, he's now involved in like a fan translation of a game, you know, not a lot of, not a ton of people care about, but like he does. That I've already forgotten the title of, but like, oh yeah, this looks neat. So I, I will, I will say like caring about a game on that level is cooler than those being available forever and no one downloading them and no one talking about them. Mm. It requires you caring. It's bulk slash. Thank bulk you. slash. Yeah. Um, I only yeah, buy my slash. slashes in bulk. Yeah. Or, or if you're Microsoft, you buy your game companies in bulk. Because the next news item here. <laughs> nice segue. Microsoft, as I mentioned, uh, is it rumored to be in talks with Discord. To buy Discord. Forget this. This is wild to me. $10 billion, which that's, is. Uh, that's that's 2.2 Star Wars. Uh, well, 2. it's, it's 2.5 billion more than they paid for Bethesda. Yeah. Wow. That's that's what I don't. I, I'm like, okay, maybe I don't I, understand. I, I, Bethesda feels shitty. When when people don't understand how their data is being sold, that's how much you as an individual are worth next to IP. Hmm. You are worth a little more bit than of that IP. I think too is is like Silicon Valley tech bubble, you know, inflated yeah. valuations of companies or anything. But in my mind, at least, there's no way that Discord is worth more. Then Bethesda, until I realize exactly what Chris said, is like, no, no, Discord's a platform with so many users. Like, they have a ton of A platform of users. I've never paid for is very nice, and somebody is taking your data and selling that to someone else, and uh, yeah, not good. I guess the reason this could make sense, and again, this is all rumor, um, still very early in discussions if they're going to do it, because then some another analyst was like, no, no, Discord wants to do IPO before they would get bought, So, but the reason this could make sense is, we've talked a lot on this show about Microsoft's long-term strategy is like, they want to be everywhere people are playing games, you know, and Discord is how a lot of people connect and play games, and so, you know, if you consider like Xbox, which now it's not called live, now it's Xbox network, uh, is all about having friends list and connecting with your friends and playing online together and stuff like that. Now imagine you, your friends list expands to your discord friends list as well. And, and you can communicate through discord and just hop in a game together. It's like, Oh yeah, this totally fits in with the current Xbox strategy. You know? There's, there's now some marketing guy with a heart on, like I can figure out to build a hot pocket just for this guy. <laughs> uh, Sour Patch Kid and mozzarella cheese. That's what he wants. Yes. Like, and I will advertise that to him right next to the Game Pass bar. <laughs> uh, that that that's why these things are are worth more because there's there's a weirder future in in your data than there is in IP. Well, consider also the number of people who use Discord for PC gaming or for even when they want to talk with their friends when they're playing on a PlayStation or a Switch, mm -hmm. if Microsoft now has its hand in that, 
that's kind weird. of a big deal. A cross-platform yeah. thing from a first party. Yeah, but whatever. It's all bad. It's all capitalism getting into the end of its rope. <laughs> I'm just tired. I'm just it's a big, tired. big acquisition for sure. Uh, well, last thing we're going to talk about, Square had a lot to talk about. They had their spring event, spring showcase or whatever, which had a few announcements. Uh, first off, the game that was formerly known as Project Athea officially got a name. Uh, it's called Forspoken. What? Oh, yeah. That that thing where you're like flying really fast and they're like, look how fast it's streaming data off the SSD. Yeah. We've said, we've yeah. said Bespoken like 900 times in this podcast, but Forspoken <laughs> yeah. is a new thing. Yeah. It's unique, but in advance, Chris. You have to do it in advance. Unique. Mm-hmm. Now, this is this is um, this game looks awesome. I think it's next gen only. Uh, it also is starring a woman of color, which at this point in time is always amazing in video games. Need more of that. Mm-hmm. All I can say is instant terrorism from my part. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a good thing Black Panther will be coming to Marvel's Avengers later on this year to what? stop you, Chris. Oh, yeah. I know, I know. I don't. I don't think anything could get me back in that game more than Hawkeye. Hawkeye, yeah, ladies Hawk, and gentlemen. Really? Hawkeye. <laughs> there was there was already an arrow person in there, and it was Kate Bishop, and she's way more interesting. I, that's all I thought of when I saw that. I'm like, wait, are they just reskinning the Kate Bishop character? Because you had an uh, Echo Fighter. That is your announcement. I, and then, I, I don't know, like. I, I feel like just I want to yell at the MCU and all Marvel things. Like, stop trying to uh, act like Hawkeye's popular. Nobody likes Hawkeye. <laughs> Nobody loves Jeremy Renner. Fuck it off. was a really good comic um, from What's His Nuts, I forget, uh, but he's great at boats. Uh, it was really fun, but I think it's so weird after the death of uh, Chadwick Boseman, mm-hmm. no one knows what the future of the Black Panther movie series is, and like a lot of people have looked at game to see like well, what's happening here in like Fortnite and Avengers is all all we have. Outside of comics, which, by the way, I've read the numbers, none of you are reading. <laughs> and so, uh, this the, the Black Panther character though comes alongside an expansion, uh, the mm-hmm. War for Wakanda expansion later this year. So, sounds like it's part of a bigger piece of content. But yeah, it is wild that they had two Marvel Adventures uh, announcements: the Operation Hawkeye and then uh, the Black Panther one. I think I'm way more excited for the Black Panther one, personally. Um, so, yeah, look forward to that, uh, assuming you're playing those games. Um, Life is Strange. There was actually a bunch of Life is Strange announcements. Um, so, first off, the smaller one, Life is Strange, the remastered collection, is coming this fall. Uh, I think that includes probably it's, uh, oh, just the first one and then Before the Storm are included in that collection. It's coming this September. Um, and then uh, Life is Strange True Colors is a new game that was announced. Um, couldn't have picked, by the way, kind of a, a better time. I was talking about uh, women of color leads. So this game features Alex Chen, uh, a, a young woman, Asian woman, uh, who has the psychic power of oh, the irony here of empathy. The one thing that we need more than ever toward Asians in America, that's her power is empathy. Um, there will be chapter breaks, but this is not going to be episodic like the previous Life is Strange titles. So, I don't know. I, I really love the Life is Strange games. No, me no me, me too. And I have those like that weird <sighs> Kojima conundrum of like, I sort of wish this was a show. I didn't have to like boot anything up and like prepare to do anything with because I want to see yeah. the story but I, like it hurt it, it's really weird to play through pain 
on a regular basis when you know that's their thing. <laughs> the game, yeah, yeah the, the parts you play of those games are the slowest parts. I'd rather just sit there and watch like a CG thing, you know. So. Yeah, I, I appreciate the medium. It's just like I know a ton of people like I love this series, and it keeps going. It's just like I can't do this anymore. I can't keep playing you. Yeah, we saw yeah. what happened to Telltale. So, uh, I mean, but there is a lot of Life is Strange still to come, which is very cool, very good. Um, I'm just going to kind of glance over the rest of these. Tomb Raider gets a Survivor Trilogy, Tomb Raider Definitive Edition Survivor Trilogy. I guess that's all the, that's Tomb Raider, Rise of the Tomb Raider, and Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Was that the Survivor Trilogy? Because I could have sworn I killed a bunch of unarmed people in that game. (laughs) (laughs) This is all in celebration of the 25th anniversary of Tomb Raider. Holy smokes. That's crazy. Um, this one was weird because I thought they they sold the rights, but so there's Project Hitman Sniper Assassins. It's a new mobile game set in the Hitman universe, and it's uh, the Hitman Sniper team. This is iOS or an Android, but like I thought they sold the rights to Hitman back to IO Interactive. No, I don't. Or did they that just license exactly it to IO Interactive? Yeah, I, I think it was. Something like that. Sorry, my cat's knocking over mice and clawing my balls! Get out of here! Get out of here! Sorry. That's funny for the two people watching. It's almost a Jerry Lewis, which reminds me, I really wanted you when Michael was saying nobody likes Hawkeye. I wanted your Alan Alda right then. Just be like... (laughs) Excuse me? Everybody likes Hawkeye. I can make booze out of anything. If it was that Hawkeye, I'd be interested. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to have my best friend dress up in a dress. And that's going to freak everybody out. And then we're going to go out and we're going to bang some nurses and never tell our wives. That's um. <laughs> was he married? I don't. Why are we talking Mash? I don't know. But that, it, was, wonder- it was Mash. They were all. It was all infidelity. They were all going to die in the Korean War front. Mm. Anyway, that I wanted to end the news segment on a high note because that is all the news that's fit to play. Hooray! Uh, well, let's move on to the community segment, which is always is segmenting our community. Last week's question of the week, as you might remember, was given the random release of Stubbs the Zombie on other platforms, what other original Xbox exclusives uh, would you like to see make a comeback? Um, on videogamepocalypse.com, Bob Bobla says, Brute for <laughs> the Bob Blah 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 Blog? Nah, <laughs> this is Bob Bobla. Oh, uh, damn it. <laughs> not blah, blah. Uh, says, brute for, uh, wait, nope, that should stay locked in the original Probably Xbox. Should. Probably yeah. should. Uh, a game locked to the original Xbox that needs a comeback has to be Breakdown, which is available on Xbox now to download, but whatever. Uh, for those not in the know, imagine Half-Life had a baby with Tekken and you'd get Breakdown. The story has some major twists that focus on time travel and alternate timelines, not to mention fighting in first person isn't in that many video games. The game is backwards compatible on Xbox One because it probably doesn't cost that much to relicense the song Take It All by Trust Company that played during the credits of the game. It was also recently a Games with Gold game, so if you pick those up every month, go play this game. There has been nothing like it since. I've never yeah. heard anybody sing the praises of Breakdown. I want to go play this now. Yeah, go for uh, it. Definitely not uh, uh, Kendall um, Hellman says, I'd love to see Star Wars Obi-Wan get a re-release. It was an Xbox Ooh. exclusive with no backwards compatibility for 360. Um, I don't know if it's good or bad, but a few years <laughs> back when I was playing and or collecting lots of Star Wars games, it was weirdly inaccessible. There were several moments where I considered purchasing an original Xbox just to play it. And this is like the pseudo sequel to like Jedi Knight or 
Dark Forces? I he culminated in Obi-Wan? Uh, I, I, I want to say, like, I remembered it as being, like, some sort of standalone RPG. I had heard okay. bad things at the time. Yes. So yeah. did I. So did I, but it was, like, the team that had made Jedi Knight 2. Like, the weird... The worst sequel trajectory that's hard, mm. the hardest to follow of all time is Star Wars Dark Forces that somehow ends up into the Obi-Wan games. Hmm. If you say so. This feels in many ways like the lost Star Wars game. I completely forgot this existed until you bring it up. Yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, there Me was too. another one game. And and I, I went like, ew, and then I remembered like, oh, I'm thinking of Jedi power battles. No, this is different. Yeah. But I, it's yeah. also not supposed to be very good. It's it's not it's not like Lucasfilm to leave money on the fucking table. Like yeah. just sell yeah. it. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. Why not? But I mean, mm-hmm. you know, License game that explains why it's hard to get now. Is it's, yeah. it's license games are, are tough. Uh, from the official Laser Time community on Facebook, Mike Miley says, "What game would I bring back from the original Xbox? Simple Panzer Dragoon Orta. Yeah. I know it's from the dark times for Sega, but it's a shame no. that this is just being left to rot in the past, especially with the remakes of the Saturn games we're seeing, and that the code for Panzer Dragoon Saga is apparently lost to the sands of time. We were just talking about this, so we should get that." At least also crimson skies was an excellent choice that not only deserves a modern remaster but a new game, new game. hell yeah yeah that's bringing the whole show back together but uh order you can buy now on the on the xbox yeah that that's why i'm saying the xbox environment was different from the playstation environment i knew that was a shitty infrastructure and de- decided not to trust it did you see like quietly they both are not going to focus on video sales anymore. We did a news item about one of them dropping the video store. I didn't know the other one had. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if Microsoft has like totally done that because they 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 access more platforms via PC. But like, yeah, like, but but whereas Xbox is like also almost anything they've ever had for sale on Xbox Live from the original Xbox, you can still buy. I have this game. I can play this on my Xbox uh, my Xbox Series X if I ever get it. It's on my Xbox One X now. Panzer Dragon Orta. I played it yesterday. That's why sometimes it's weird when they add backwards compatibility games. Like, my mm. game library size will just grow on my Xbox. Yeah. It'll yes. be like, you have, I'm like, how did I get all these other games? Uh, oh, we... Xbox games. Games I'll yeah. never touch. Games I'll never play for more than five seconds. But it, it, the Orta is is the non-saga. It is kind of the best Panzer Dragoon. And, like, no one ever talks about it. And most of you can play it for nothing right now. Damn. Uh, and on Twitter, Logical Dojo says, mm. I have to say Crimson Skies. And if the monolithic Microsoft and Disney could come together, a crossover with Tailspin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually a really Spin good it. idea. <laughs> Two dusty IPs that would be chef's kiss together. Also, Minot, North Dakota is pronounced Minot. He read that ahead of time, by the mm. way. Mino, yeah. North Dakota is Mino, pronounced North Minot. Dakota. That's yeah. how it should have been pronounced. Sure. Sorry. You want me to do it uh, again? The one time I get to be Michael's editor. Second tank. Also, Mino, North Dakota is pronounced Minot. <laughs> Smiley face. Uh, <laughs> we also have a couple of video responses. First from Mike Amari, who says... Hey, VGA crew. Mike Amari here with the question of the week. Question of the week, of course, was if you could have a remake of any original Xbox series, uh, which would it be? For me, I'd love to see them come back with another Mech Assault game. Uh, for me, Mech Assault games were the games I played on Xbox Live, particularly the first one. The second one, maybe not so much. But that first one was the first online obsession I really ever had back in 2002. Uh, it was so bad at one point that I was literally 
playing until like an hour before I had to get up for classes because I was in the middle of like my junior year of college at that point. And so there was more than one evening where I would play throughout the night and then suddenly realize, oh, I need to take a quick shower and then run down to campus to be able to sit through another English class. Uh, so yeah, the Mech Assault games were a great combination of that arcade uh, gameplay style using like the Mech Warrior world, which I absolutely fell in love with. I can never get into the Sim style Mech Warrior games. And so the Mech Assault games were wonderful. And it's where I first really built a community of online uh, friends where I honestly still have some of them to this day. Uh, you know, there was a group of people. I actually, I'm on the East Coast. So I got on really late because I took a while setting up my uh, internet connection in my room the day that Xbox Live started. I was there day one with that box. And because I didn't get started until like midnight, one o'clock in the morning, everyone who was on the servers I was playing were on the West Coast. And so I wound up playing with this great group of people who were not like your try hard, you know, win to win or, you know, like have to do it perfectly toward a group. They were there to have fun. They were generally older. They were people, you know, I was in my mid-20s. There were people in their mid-20s, early 30s who... You know, they were just there to have fun. And so I've lucked into a really great group of people who unfortunately were on the West Coast, which means that they were three hours behind me. So while they were like, oh, it's eight o'clock and I'm playing, for me, it was way later. And so I was playing way, way late into the night. Um, but those Mega Salt games were a lot of fun. Uh, the destructible environments were something I loved using, uh, shooting down a building onto a mech to cause it to explode, and then chain reaction of that causing another one to explode, which is one of the most satisfying things I've ever played. So yeah, the Mech Assault games would be one of the things I'd love to see come back in a modern capacity on Xbox Live. Uh, now called Xbox Network, I guess you've talked about in the news at this point. So weird. Thank you for listening to me this week, guys. I look forward to being with you again next week. I will never get you. Just started playing a Fallout. Michael, go down the country bear jamboree. Like, was that that his 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 out card? Uh, No, that that was just it. it Just it did the time thing, and I I had clicked away, and then it just played. It it auto played into more country bears videos from Michael Raparez. That's that's what's great. It was it was from Fallout. Anyway, I just want to say that. Do you remember like when you bought Mech Assault? um, For it came with a three month. Xbox Live subscription. I remember yep. I talked my girl's friend. She's like, oh, I got an Xbox game, and it came with a 48-hour free subscription. Like, wow, that really did lessen, did it? Like, yeah, How really am I supposed did. to get ingrained in this community? Like, uh, maybe I will. And Can you imagine as an adult, like, I'm going to learn this and love it in 48 hours? Three months. And then take it away from me? Like, holy shit, that's an addiction now. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, Xbox Live, I... I remember, I did you buy that Xbox Live kit for the original Xbox? I did. Yeah, I did, yeah. with the, the headphones. and then the, the headset, and it came with full Tetris Worlds and a demo for Mech Assault, but like a constantly live uh, server where you, you could play live on two levels, buy the rest of it, and Capcom's MotoGP. And I, I don't know. I've said that a thousand times. My girl and I got addicted to Tetris Worlds, and began having loud sex with other of, of our friends on Xbox Live, <laughs> which is how the internet's supposed to work. Sorry, it You're always goes to back loud to sex. sex. Over it, nice. Yes, yes, lots of sex during Tetris Worlds. But it was so. Did the original Xbox Live headset plug into the controller? Because I remember like that as being like this yes. is one of the key things that makes Xbox Live so much better oh, shit. than what the PS2 is doing. Is yeah, that, holy shit, you yeah, might be right yeah. about that. And it wasn't. It wasn't. 
it was way proprietary, so you couldn't stick another thing into it. Right. Mm-hmm. Can I just ask what you did during Tetris Attack? <laughs> <laughs> I threw bombs on her, dog. What do you want? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, <laughs> um, him talking about the destructible environments reminds me. I actually have a bonus sound queued up about Battletech. You control your cockpit with foot pedals, and since there's no set path, you can go anywhere on the screen you choose. The terrain is designed to resemble what a space invader might encounter in the 21st century, complete with natural obstacles. And again, because the game is interactive, when you run into roadblocks, you have a galaxy of choices. Walk around it, plow over it, or if you're the destructive type... Can you imagine a news thing on any game like, well, let us tell you what you can do when you meet an obstacle. You control the foot pit with cock pedals. <laughs> I could just hear the smugness in that writer when they when they wove the word galaxy in there. I'm just like, yeah. fuck off. This is the same yeah. writer who wove in Space Invader and Pinball Wizards. Uh-huh. I'm so glad I'm not into this hobby. Well, I'm off to reenact the Civil War and connect correct, collect baseball cards. Yep. Fuck you. You're the worst. <laughs> All of you. Stupid boomer hobbies. <laughs> Finally, we have a video answer from Redrock963 who says, Hey VGA, it is Redrock963 here to answer the question of the week. What Xbox game do you want to see get remade? And Alice has my answer right here. It's Blinks the Time Sweeper. I think that this is such a cute little underrated platformer that didn't do well because it was on the wrong system. Because at the time, Ratchet and Clank was kind of the more popular platformer character, and nobody really wanted to play platformers on the original Xbox. This was probably one of the only reasons why I have an original Xbox, aside from, well, Panzer Dragoon Orta and all the Sega games that you guys mentioned. But I I think it could do really well now if they did an HD remaster and kind of fixed a little bit of the mechanics, like having to match all the gems to get your little time powers and stuff. But I... I think this game is adorable, and I think it deserves a chicken, second chance. Bring Blinks back, damn it, Microsoft. What do you think, Alice? I don't think she cares. Anyway, always love you guys' show, and I hope you have a fabulous week. Thank you. B3! Bring Blinks back. Yeah. <laughs> do it, do it. Bring Blinks back. It was not a terrible game, and it was it was way, it was way, it's way not as bad as Banjo-Tooie. Hmm. Yeah. So suck it, everyone. I've never actually played the Blinks games. I don't. I can't say how. First good. one's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. First one's fine. Second one's very not fine. Yeah. It's all just meant to be a tech showcase of having a hard drive. Like that's what people forget about Blinks. Is it was the whole thing is it's wow. supposed to be unique to Microsoft because this system comes with a built-in hard drive, something other systems never do. That's why the rewind feature works because yeah. you can save the cache of what you've just done. Yeah. Wow. Sorry, I that's I didn't know it was that simple. <laughs> I never thought it of was. it like that before. It was Astro's Playroom, but it it didn't come at launch, which was weird. It came like way after launch, I seem yeah, to remember. Yeah. Weird. It's a new question of the week. Uh, this is your chance to weigh in from our top five. I know a bunch of you who've listened to this point are probably ready to scream at us because we left out your favorite unemulatable game. Blank, what is blank, it? Blank, Tell blank. us. Uh, what is your favorite game that cannot be easily emulated? With uh, modern hardware, for whatever reason. Um, gosh, uh, other than the, like Battletech, for me, is is probably, uh, but we talked about that extensively. Um, then say that anyway. Yeah, all right, I'll say it anyway. Battletech was great. Yeah, like uh, 
a reason to travel to a different city to play a video yeah. game. It seems like a foreign concept, and, and, but and in in retrospect, it's like that sounds incredibly lame. I went to Chicago <laughs> just to play a video game, but it is a cherished memory for me. That I'd like, I, I spent like at least one whole day there. And I remember at some point, like I got bored and wanted, there was an arcade across the aisle in the mall and they had Dactyl Nightmare. And that was my first experience playing that. And it was terrible. <laughs> but it, you know, unlike anything else I'd played in 1994. Man, I want this to be my thesis on games disappearing from PS plus or not plus, but, uh, PSN. Mm-hmm. I have rarely had this much fun with games with everyone I know since I've known both of you. Then with the game, draw something. Hmm. Oh, sure. uh, I'll I'll never get those drawings back. The game is done. It is gone. It is completely exploded. Uh, I watched my friends draw completely great things. I watched asshole friends of mine troll people people drawing gorgeous things like that's clearly Papa Smurf and like I don't know Thundercat boom raiding your dead like just destroy <laughs> random stranger in that game it was it was fantabulous and then it like spread a bunch of ill will because Facebook bought it for like a billion bucks and the game disappeared for ev- from everywhere no one has ever thought about this game again it was one of the coolest things We've done as human beings. Draw each other pictures and guess quickly what they are. That was awesome. That was awesome. I just want to give a shout out to that. It's um, dignity. It's it's dignity. (laughs) It's a door. Use it. (laughs) But but that's one of those experiences that took hold uh, hold of not like, like my mother, my father, Michael. Everyone was playing this for a little while. I was in a van of games journalists playing this with one another. And it was like three months, and it was dead. Uh, and it's gone. There's no way to bring it back. And I, I would rather have the memories than draw something still going and being a mega maniacal corporation. <laughs> it's like, uh, we looked at your algorithm. This is what you want to draw. We want this guy. Yeah. This guy wants to draw a Little Caesar's pretzel crust pizza because he just bought one. Look forward yeah. to draw something revelations. I'll get into the history of what made the draw something <laughs> franchise. That's what I'm talking about. It's a, it, like some games I am okay with dying, and that's one of them. And, and but I still have wonderful experiences with it. Meeting new people uh, abroad in the games industry with Draw Something. So mine is a game that has been released other places outside of the arcade. But I will argue the definitive version of this game, the best possible version of Hang On. Is the full motorcycle cabinet of Hang On? There is Fuck, nothing. That was so fun. There's nothing like straddling. Pretty much like it's not a full scale, but it's a close to full scale like yeah. motorcycle. And having to lean the motorcycle from Learning, side to side, you had to learn how to lean that, or you would fall off. Yeah, like and it twist the really throttle hard. grip to go faster. Like it is the closest thing to riding a motorcycle you're going to have, other than riding a motorcycle. And it's badass. Like, at the time, I was like, this is magic. This should not work. I was terrible because, like Chris says, the problem is we played it when we were young kids and we were too small for it. So we were, like, on the thing. And then the way we leaned was, like, throwing our entire weight. Do I do this all the way? Oh, God. You're supposed to be able to, like, kind of put your knee down like motorcycle people do and not have to tilt the bike full on one way or the other. But we, of course, as kids, were, like, slamming it from side to side. There was something about the weight 
of that cabinet or something. It felt like a motorcycle. It was badass. And there's no way you could reproduce that at home without like a huge custom setup. So hang on. Yeah. Nice. That's a good answer. So what is your favorite game that can't easily be emulated, remastered, or replicated? It could be an arcade game. It could be something that relied on a weird piece of hardware. It could just be something for a system that's long gone, like a Virtual Boy game. Who knows? Uh, anyway, let us know. Go to VidjaGameApocalypse.com and answer under the comments for episode 412 and not like, oh, I can't play my copy of Inversion. I yeah. downloaded it off of it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this PlayStation game, well, nobody's ever going to emulate it. No, that's not quite what we mean. Uh, it could be, <laughs> but it <laughs> that's, that's different. Um, but uh, you can also let us know by going to the official Laser Time community on Facebook or ping us on Twitter at VG Apocalypse. And we will read the best answers on next week's show. Uh, anyway, that's been our show. Let's go out with some more plugs. Who wants to plug something? Uh, Mr. Chris, he wants to plug Dan Amrick on bonus time this I week. Bet you like, do. talking about, yeah, I want to plug that. <laughs> Stop it. I want to fuck Dan so Amrick the exact same amount <laughs> I have since I met him, which is a little bit. Like, so, <laughs> like, a little bit. No more than most people. And, but, but the the story he told it's it's one of my favorite things I've ever heard recorded. Dan's a really good storyteller. He, I don't think he knows how magical it is to be a child actor in the eighties, especially when like no one makes fun of commercials. What commercial parodies have you seen of two thousands commercials? Dan was starring in eighties commercials, like weirdo tabby Spuds McKenzie kind of things, and then ends up on the set of an erotic thriller with Kim Basinger and Mickey Rourke. It's one of the funniest stories I've ever heard. It's one of the most traumatic stories I've ever heard. It's one of the most human, relatable, heightened Hollywood. Like, I like I love the story so much. I can't thank Dan enough for like giving it to us because I didn't, I didn't know he was doing that. But like I, I, I remember all my friends were like, "You need to ask Dan about this," and I was always afraid to until this like a few weeks ago, and he told me everything, and it was really awesome of him and it's it's i laughed so hard my face hurt for two days and dan, that's that's how good dan is at telling a story about his own trauma so please give it up to dan amrick follow him on twitter buy everything on his wife's etsy store cat is the shit um and listen to hero falls all that stuff that's all i have to plug and patreon to a lesser extent dan is the shit um makes me laugh constantly <laughs> Nice. Don't let me spin my wheels out. I can't even. I had your your faces away. I couldn't. Even I'm see letting you, you do it. Hang on. I know you lean too far into the turn on. Hang on. I'm <laughs> Stop sorry. it. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, Twitch.tv/slash C Allen is the place where you can watch people like me, Chris, Greg Moore, and <gasps> the Diamond Dog, Dave Rudden, special <gasps> guest appearance for this week's Monday Night Movie, where we watch Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2: The Secret of the Ooze. Uh, the, the secret is it, it it turned them into super turtles. Um, but yeah, with that that is available. The archives live now. You can go watch us and watch along uh, with a copy. Which the movie's available on HBO Max. We, we so. did not hammer that forward, but like where you watch a Marvel movie and like you could have read the comic and you still have no idea what's going to happen. The teenage the secret of the ooze was known by every kid who walked in the theater. <laughs> right. I know the uh, secret like, is, yeah. 
And they're, yeah. and like, are they going to reveal anything else? No. Instead, they're going to take away things you already right. know. Yeah, the yeah. real secret so, like, of that movie is Bebop and Rocksteady are not in it. They're, they're <laughs> not here. Yeah. <laughs> also, it's not the TCRI aliens. It's the TGRI guy from Tron. Yeah. <laughs> Captain yeah. Sock. Yeah. Yes. He's the guy. He's the, if you want to see a children's movie where a man yells the word retard, um, Teenage Ninja Turtles too. He, he does. He does. That's right. He does. He, and he uses it in the right way. In the I problem. saw it recently. It wasn't great. <laughs> it was not great. No, it's a kids um, movie. If I didn't want your money, I'd say just go watch Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles one. But I, I, you know, this computer sucks, and we've had a lot of problems this week. So um, definitely, nice. yeah, if you want, check that out. Or the archive of that will be available on patreon.com slash laser time in audio format. So you could listen to us in your ear holes while watching that movie. Um, if you want to see me play video games, I also do that on Twitch. And you can follow me on Twitter at the same handle, Maddie C. Allen, to find out when I'm going to be playing those video games live. All right. Well, as always, you can... Visit us on Twitter at VG Apocalypse. Uh, visit our site at sorry. Visit our site at VigigameApocalypse.com. or follow me personally on Twitter at WikiParas. That's W I K I P A R A Z. Anyway, that's been our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Everyone's uncomfortable with me. <laughs> no. Not more than usual. <laughs> Bastards. <laughs>